Hello gamers from around the world. This is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany. And I would like to welcome you to the World of Gaming, your number one podcast, where I discuss each and every week with this guy down below here today, uh, <laughs> with Wandering Dutch, everything that the world of gaming has to offer. And today we have a super special episode, and that's not just because of the new intro you just saw. Yeah, you We had the world premiere of our new intro, so let us know how did you like it. Uh, but that's not what this, uh, this episode uh, or why this episode is going to be so special. It's because of our special guest here, uh, Jess Corden um, from Windows Central is joining us here today. So welcome to the show and thank you for joining. Hey, thanks for having me. Man, that new intro is a vibe. I was like, I was thank like you. swaying and, and shit. <laughs> I was, I'm loving it. It's, it's well, thank awesome. you. Thank um, you. But yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, it's nice to be back. Uh, yeah, well, since I've been on been on your show. A few, a few yeah, months, I think it was like February or so, February, yeah. March, something like I have, that. I have yeah. no concept of time anymore. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. No, it's, it's like one uh, break it's... up in here, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, man, it's awesome to have you back uh, because we have a super special topic here uh, uh, that we want to discuss with you. Um, and that is, of course, the, the entire rumor that has been floating around uh, the last two days uh, with the Halo Battle Royale mode. We will get to that, but we will also talk about a couple of news of um, uh, on, on some Xbox exclusives. Uh, we will talk about Sony's new reward program and a special customer service that they provide now. Um, we will talk about um, Stadia shutting down, um, Saudi Arabia getting into the uh, gaming industry, and a lot more. But, of course, first, Chess, what have you been playing lately? What has kept you busy? What have been playing? I've been playing Diofield Chronicle religiously the last oh, week. Nice. Quite, almost every day. Um, trying to, I'm trying to review it because there was no... Well, as far as I know, there was no review period for this game. I didn't even know the game was coming out. It just sort of appeared in my inbox one day. I was like, oh, that, that game exists. Um, and uh, I like tactics games. And I like Final Same. Fantasy, or at least the classic ones. And mm. I never played Final Fantasy Tactics as a kid. I never, I never, okay. I never, I never played it for for some reason. So I thought, well, this is this is this would be my my opportunity to relive some of the those missed opportunities, I guess. Um, so I thought I played Diofield Chronicle, and um, it's very strange. It's a very strange game. I'm sort of like I'm about maybe thirty hours in now, or something like that. And you know that old JRPG trope where it's, it's like it gets good after thirty hours. Yeah, kind of yeah. feeling that with Diofield <laughs> Chronicle. Like the first, the first like few dozen hours are like a slog and quite repetitive. And it's it's it just still feels kind of repetitive at this point. But I, there's some stuff's happened that's been pretty cool. But I don't want to spoil it or anything. But it's um it's an interesting little game. Awesome. You know, um, so, so what that's, kept that's you going? It, well, because usually when I don't feel it, like after 10 hours latest, I'm out. Well, I kind of want to like, I want to review it now that I've put mm. this much time into it. So I feel like I need to finish it. But it's also like, uh, there's something about the combat that I do enjoy. But it's not because it's very tactical. It's honestly not very tactical. It's really simple and basic. Um... It's kind of like an isometric MMO combat, 
there's like a tank and a healer and a DPS, you know. Okay. So it's almost like playing isometric World of Warcraft where you have... <laughs> it's honestly not a very tactical game at all. I'm literally mm. playing it like World of Warcraft where you, you just get all the mobs together now and just AO, like AoE them to death. You know, it's it's gotten to that point in where, yeah. where my characters are powerful enough that I, I don't even need to think that much about the tactics and stuff. But I honestly just want to know where the story's going because it, it it's just like it's like this intriguing political drama with like, mm. you know, wars and, and betrayal and you know and these different factions and countries fighting each other and and uh these characters evolving over time and it's kind of like have you ever read the the berserk manga no i all? haven't no no you it's, it's a i berserk? haven't seen no no uh, it's it's about this like mercenary band and it's kind of giving me berserk vibes almost because berserk mm. is kind of like the golden golden age arc in that manga is is like about a mercenary band and i kind of feel like this this game's kind of riffing on it a little bit okay with the whole betrayal and people's intentions going off in different places and and that kind of thing so um it's a really strange game because you know it's published by square enix right and it has it has like all the final fantasy fonts and stuff and it has final fantasy spells in the game too and final fantasy monsters in the game but it's not Final Fantasy. And part of me is wondering, like, was this originally maybe meant to be a Final Fantasy spin-off or something? And then one day they were just like, it's not good enough to be a Final Fantasy spin-off, so let's give it a different brand or something. Because it's, re- it's really strange. It has a non-trivial amount of Final Fantasy DNA in the game. So I don't know. It's a, it's a very strange game, but it's not awful. <laughs> <laughs> nice nice man that's, 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 my, that's my review it's not it's awful sweet. it's not awful <laughs> eh? we have read that too often <laughs> yeah. oh awesome man uh, Dutch what have you been playing um I mean not too much this week but on the weekend just gotten there um a lot of modern warfare too whilst the beta was was the open beta and the beta was uh, open so Sweet. played a lot of that played about 15 hours worth i think all in all um nino kuni of course still mm. hacking away at that bit i'm really enjoying that i, I did ask xbox for uh, a nice jrpg or a, a new a nice new japanese animated game again to play and uh, they provided thanks to tgs of course it is an older title but i've never played it before so i'm enjoying it nice so nice man really what i'm playing what about you yeah. I mean, I mean, Age of Empires. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> still on my list. I'm very close to hit the 300 hour mark. But man, I I made it back into the gold three rank. So um, I feel like now we can end season two, and I'm I'm yeah. ready for season three, um, which is about to start at the end of the month. So yeah gonna be awesome and i played a little bit of death loop um maybe 10 hours in now or so um honestly i'm not sure if i'm gonna continue have you played death loop chess yeah i played it a little bit on the first day um i'm like i'm really not sure about this that game i'm really not <laughs> sure neither. about it i really like yes we're both yeah. in the same boat <laughs> i really like arcane like like i think praise mm-hmm. like Prey is one of my favorite games of all time, but there's just something about this game that just sort of like 
I'm struggling to care about it. And then every time like you die, you have to start over and, mm. you know, and, um, I don't know. I just can't, I can't vibe with it. It's a very different kind of game and I'm trying to like adapt, adapt to it, but I'm finding it tough. You know, I just kind of wish, I kind of wish like it was the same characters, the same setting, the same combat, yeah. but, with a more traditional linear progression, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. like the whole starting over again thing, mm. you know, I, know I, what don't, you I don't know why they did it that way. Cause I don't think it really adds anything. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, my, my biggest issue with the game is actually the, the mission design. I mean, that, you know, there are games that, like like Elden Ring, it doesn't have like these quest markers on the map, and but the the game is designed around that, and and, and Deathloop isn't. But then you have like these missions where it just says find a clue in in the manor, and then you are in this giant gigantic manor, and you run around for an hour, and I have not found the clue, and I have no idea where to go to. And then I have to look it up in the internet, and in the next step in the mission, I also have to look up on the internet, and and it kind of. I don't like playing games that way. So I I'm really not sure if I'm going to continue with with it. Um Yeah. And I have downloaded Grounded, but I didn't get the chance to start it. I'm I'm hoping to start it tonight after the show. Uh because I'm really looking forward to play the story mode. Um Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically what kept me busy, but with that Let's talk about. Oh, first, I, I want to welcome your fan club, Jess. Uh, we, we have Sith Lord here in chat, who is a, a sent in a, <laughs> a super chat. Uh, he's a member for three months now, channel member. Awesome. Uh, of, uh, thank you so much for the support. He says, Jess, three times this week, it must be my birthday, but it's not. <laughs> oh, um, shout out to you, Sith Lord. Shout out to you. Um, yeah, Jess. Um, it was really on short notice that that I got you on the show because I've I've seen a conversation of yours on Twitter and I actually wanted to ask you uh, whether you would be okay with with me talking about this on the show and you uh, the nice guy you are you just said hey I just come on and then let's have the chat on the show about this um, and it's awesome so there have been um, has been this rumor um, out there uh, someone posted it. Um, uh, on Twitter and I think on Reddit as well, um, that the Project Tatanka from a certain affinity, the rumored battle roy royale mode for Halo Infinite, um, was delayed uh, because it it is made or it will be made in a different engine, and that it it's gonna be a little bit bigger than expected. And earlier this week, um, uh, certain affinity actually came out and announced that they are working on this very big and unannounced project with more than 100 people. It's the biggest project they've ever worked on uh, for the last two years. And so you came out and said, well, I, I this isn't true, <laughs> basically. But then um, you said, well, you, you heard something. You're not 100% sure. Um, can't confirm that it might actually true so you can elaborate yeah. it even better than i so please i mean this is still this is still an investigation in process like i'm still asking around like there's a yeah. bunch there's a bunch of press that are trying to look into this because it does seem like there might be something to it and i do own i do owe sean um sean an apology because when um 
It was uh, Sean W on on uh, on uh, YouTube who broke this. Oh, YouTube, yeah, um, right. And um, like when I got I got I got a bunch of DMs about it this morning, and I just like I just assumed that it was just another four chan thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know the way sometimes these rumors spread, doom and gloom, blah blah blah. And some of the stuff in in the the tweet the tweet that I saw, um, I knew some of the stuff in there I know to be inaccurate. You know. Um, so I was kind of like, like, for instance, uh, I don't want to say specifically, for instance, okay. what was inaccurate at the moment, because um, it's potentially controversial. But um, and I don't, I don't need the energy in my life right now. But um, <laughs> there was some stuff in there that I, I, I didn't, I didn't think was accurate, and um, and uh, so uh, I, I just wrote off the whole thing because there's some of the stuff in there I was like, well, if that's not true, then maybe the rest of it isn't true, or most likely it isn't true. And also, I thought it was just incredibly far-fetched, the idea that they'd switch engine. But then, yeah. um, you know, and again, apologies to Sean W for just writing all that off. I shouldn't have done. It was just early in the morning, and I hadn't had a coffee, and I was just like, oh, my God, all these DMs, you know. And I was like, at a glance, I just, you know, thought there's just no way this is this is a thing, right? But then, like... Me and a bunch of other people started looking into it, and while there's nothing concrete yet, and you know, investigation, investigations ongoing, you know, trying to lock out, lock down some concrete information on this, it's, there's there's a lot of things that potentially point to this possibly being maybe a thing that could be possibly maybe true. Um, I haven't got I haven't got any particularly recent information on Tatanka, for example. Um, the last time I had an update about the project was few weeks ago now and apparently this is a very recent development as we know there's been some very massive and this is all speculatory so don't take this as a leak or whatever but this is sort of like the process of trying to piece together you know whether something could be true or whatever and you know trying to piece together fragments to sort of try and paint up a picture because we we don't know we don't have camera 343 we can't we don't know for sure what the deal is right now without someone you know coming out and you know giving us the concrete information or or whatever or microsoft putting out a statement i mean as far as as far as microsoft's concerned tatanka doesn't exist yet they haven't even yeah. announced it, even though like it's it's right there in the, the Halo public API and stuff, and the the source code leaked and all this other stuff <laughs> and everything. It is officially Tatanka doesn't exist yet, right? And I mean, a certain affinity even said that they are working on it for two yes. years now. So yeah, so certain yeah. affinity, yeah. In an interview the other day with VentureBeat, they were like, "Yeah, we've been working on a major a major thing for Halo Infinite for a few years now." So um. I mean, trying to trying to lock down what what the truth is behind this information, and um, I haven't been able to get anything hard confirmed yet. But there are some things about it that kind of make sense, like David Berger, who runs, who created this, who led technology development for three four three. He no, he's gone from three four three. Yeah, he was the and, engine lead. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think Microsoft is officially announced that yet like that it's i asked them for a statement on that yeah yeah. and they didn't say anything which which is still really weird because i know it to be true (laughs) (laughs) um and i think i think other people have corroborated it as well unless i'm going mad uh, which i may well be going mad and we're all going a bit mad right but um if the the lead developer of slip space is out 
slipstream. Is it slip? It's slip space. Slip space. Right? Slip space. It's yeah. slips. Slip space. If he's if he's out, and you know we've had a major leadership change with Bonnie Ross leaving. Yes. Um. You know, could it be that the new leadership team have, has come in and had a look at all this and just been like, you know, maybe what we need is a different engine to help this game mm. realize its scope, you know? Because yeah. the rumor is that slip space is hard to work with. And from what I've heard is that the the engine basically has very little tools or the, the tools are underbaked and hard to use. And mm. if you're working with like, if you're working with a third party, you know, and you don't even have good tools for them to use, yeah, then... I could potentially see a, a company like Certain Affinity just being like, can we use an engine that actually isn't terrible? <laughs> you know, maybe they're yeah. advocating for it. Maybe they're, maybe they're like, we've got a really good plan for a good product here, but it just doesn't work on this engine. So maybe yeah. it took a leadership change. To, and the, all this is speculation, by the way. So like, please don't report this as fact. It's just speculation. <laughs> And uh, it's the process of trying to piece together a narrative, which, you know, to to give Sean W. the benefit of the doubt, you know, like, yeah. could this be true based on what we do know, you know? Mm. So based on what we do know, or we assume to know, <laughs> Slip Space yes. is hard to work with. The the lead developer of Slip Space is out, and Certain Affinity is making Tatanka, which is supposedly Battle Royale-ish. Now, yeah. some of the things that I do know about Tatanka is it was supposed to integrate Forge and it was supposed to integrate Halo and Infinite. Literally here on my question list I wanted to ask. So if, yeah. if a new engine comes in place, and how is it going to be compatible with Forge, which, which was obviously exactly. the plan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, if, you know, and I, I was speaking to Jeff Grob about this earlier as well, and he was saying, like, you could do, like, you could do like a database call for the progression because it was supposed to integrate Hello Infinite's progression as well. And I, I am a dev, you know, I don't, I don't know any of this stuff. So, you know, I have to ask for advice on some of this stuff and, you know, and so like if it were, they could keep the Halo Infinite progression even on a different engine, but it's like they still have to port all those assets to Unreal Engine, presumably. Mm. So, like, if you've unlocked all this stuff in Halo Infinite, the stickers and, and the, the armor bits and whatever, yes. do they have to make all that again in Unreal Engine now? And then it's kind of like, well, then you have to set up some kind of bridge to, like, between the different clients being, like, and have, like, a unified progression layer. So, like, it, it can tell which shoulder pad you've got on the yeah. Unreal version of the game and the, the, <laughs> the, the, the Slip Space engine version yeah. of the game. Yeah. And then you get even deeper into it, like with Halo Forge, and it's like, there's just no way that Forge would be able to incorporate another engine, presumably. Yeah. And if they want to, like, if they want to, if this Battle Royale game is going to have user-generated content, which is what Microsoft's all about now, everything has to use user-generated content. Yeah. Minecraft makes money hand over fist on user-generated content. There are million-dollar companies that... Uh, literally their entire business model is user generate content for Minecraft. Yeah. They want that for Halo. They want that for Starfield. But yes. if you put that game on Unreal Engine, it kind of unravels the proposition a little bit because mm. I'm not sure like what the licensing looks like for user generated content in an engine you don't own. Like that's going to increase your overheads, right? 
Yes. And then you sort of get into, well, Microsoft can afford it. They don't really care about writing off money and sunk costs and spending money, especially especially in this inflationary market we've got right mm. now. They don't really care about leaving money lying around. It's better to spend it, right? Yeah. So there's, there's an argument to be made that maybe, maybe there's a, a, a sort of crazy logic behind them throwing out three years worth of development <laughs> and moving it all to Unreal Engine if like there's some 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 fundamental flaw in yeah. slip space that is stopping to tanker getting to where it could be or needs to be mm. but it still seems so out there for me you know it's like my uh, god you know i i've got this tatanka has been in development since late 2018 i think or 2019 something like that it was supposed to launch in yeah. january of this year. Yeah, that's what we heard. I, I don't remember yeah. exactly where that rumor came from about the January launch. Probably. <laughs> Probably. And since everything gets delayed these days, we, we, we all just, yeah, well, it's just another delay. Uh, especially with Halo, we've seen so many delays, you know. Uh, so yeah, as well. So I was just kind of like, would they really shred it from slip space and and just mm. rebuild the whole damn thing like do they need would they need to rebuild the whole damn thing does slip space somehow magically translate to unreal engine i don't know it just it all starts getting really murky and stuff and without having you know a good sourcing on it right now which is you know i don't yeah. right now um i only have information on what tatanka was supposed to be yeah. from from a little while ago um and you know i know you, you know forge's development's going well from what i what i've heard and tatanka development was going well as well but this supposedly this engine change was a decision made only in the last couple of weeks or so mm. which um you know well, if it's happened, see, and it's it's conceivable that it happened, and I don't yeah. know about it, you know, I don't know everything, I don't know that much <laughs> at all, really. So it's it's sort of trying to dig into this is is kind of tough. And right now, I have no reason to believe that um, Sean W's information is wrong because the stuff that in the original tweet, which did seem wrong, um, in his actual video, he said. You know, he he tried to label it as speculation, but it got spread around as a leak because it was part yes. of the report, right? So yeah. the stuff that I assumed was wrong was that that was his speculation. So the only thing that he reported, which was that the engine is being switched and the game's being delayed, um, and we already know the game's been delayed because it was supposed to launch in January, based on my information. Yeah. Um, so it's like the delay seems. Every, every game's delayed so you know that's a given right. totally believe that's that <laughs> but the engine switch that's a tough one man that's a that's a weird tough one. one you know what my first thought was when i read it um assuming of course it is true um they had this originally they had this plan for like 10 years for halo infinite but honestly is is anyone really thinking that they're gonna continue to have halo infinite for the next 10 years or so <laughs> And what if uh, this is basically what they do now? They bring out Forge for Halo Infinite. And since, you, like you said, 
not compatible. Let's move the 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 certain affinity to tanker out for like two years or so. Switch the engine, have something that looks state of the art in 2024, 2025, whenever. Uh, kind of like an ODST, something that is standalone, like, but but still related to the the, the franchise, so that they can out, come out in like I don't know twenty seven or so, another two years later, with the next Halo iteration, because the way how Halo Infinite was handled now in in, in the first one and a half uh, uh, years or so, uh, is is really not the way how they will. Um, um, continue to have halo infinite for 10 years the ip is too big to to um yeah let let it go under so yeah i want to wanted to hear your thoughts on this is is it could it be that this is now gonna be something different something more standalone as a really standalone game um maybe they even add another thing to to the battle royale ish kind of a game mode um what do you think? Yes, I do believe. Um, <laughs> I do believe adding a standalone battle royale mode. It's it's strange though that, and again, this is news that we haven't, we don't haven't identified as being true yeah. or being false yet. But it, it would be strange having a huge change from Slipspace over to Unreal for. Tatanka slash yeah. Battle Royale, whatever it is. <laughs> assuming it's it's unreal. Assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Assuming. Though I can also understand that it could be down to the potential engine limitations mm. of slip space causing yeah. issues trying to create a battle royale or a battle royale mode. And it makes more sense, of course, if you've got an entirely separate studio creating a singular mode to have that as a standalone product and having mm-hmm. a bit like Warzone is with Call of Duty, although it yeah. is connected to the game, it isn't connected to the game. It is an entirely yeah. separate thing. Um, so I can see it going along the lines of the Call of Duty route, should we say, where mm-hmm. they have, you've still got the menu, the Battle Royale will appear as a mode as a of launcher, the basically, yeah. Yeah. And then it'll just take you to the net, the other download. Essentially, mm-hmm. if you try to launch it from that, it'll tell you to yeah. download the battle royale. Interesting uh, stuff. But it then you've got to look and think about the way Halo feels, and is that going to be able to be replicated in Unreal? Mm. That is the only. I mean, um, three four three themselves. They said that they didn't want to use Unreal because they couldn't replicate the feel of Halo in Unreal. Yeah. They said that themselves in some interview or something some yeah. at some point, which kind of flies in the face of like, you know, what this is. But what if, what if to tank is something different? What if you don't play as a Spartan? What if you play as an ODST or something? What, what if, if I can play as a flood form? <laughs> Screw it. I'll play as a polyp. I'll play as a polyp, baby. <laughs> or whatever they're called. Those little football things, you know what I mean? I don't play as them. What, what, what Halo game is that? <laughs> uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, th- there's a lot they could do with the Halo universe, you know, like all mm. kinds of stuff. And, you know, Halo Wars wasn't built on the Sleep Space engine, was it? Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, it's um, it's interesting to think about, but it's what also kind of like, it just feels far-fetched. Like, d- how, how much switching engine 
how much re- rebuilding are we talking here? Are we talking That's from the ground up? It's yeah. kind of scary to think about. Yeah. You know, how much money is being lost there? You know, yeah. I, oh, I shouldn't say that, actually. It probably is. <laughs> you should see it. How much money is being lost? <laughs> no, let's, not, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, it, it is an interesting question. I mean, we know that uh, that uh, Microsoft, or a lot of Xbox studios are trying to use like uh, unified tools like Houdini. They rely on Quixel assets uh, or Mega Scans and stuff like that, where certain engines are just compatible with these days. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it it, it kind of sounds like. Um, like like a lot of work because it's not just about graphics in, in in engine you also design stuff like animations stuff like physics simulation and of course the core gameplay mechanics like shooting and stuff how how this feels the timing of it and and so on all these things are also defined in an engine so it, it's really not just moving over the graphics um it's a lot more so it, it would be i would be something absolutely new. Um, I, someone in chat, Isildur Spain, I uh, think it was Isildur Spain uh, who said it, is it tech. Microsoft also owns that engine now. Um, everyone assumes always Unreal, of course, um, because a lot of studios run in Unreal and a lot of... Uh, 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 yeah, Unreal is just a super popular engine uh, uh, and, and an easy-to-access engine. But with ITTEC, they have one of the most advanced shooter engines out there. Um, what, what do you think, Chess? Uh, uh, Halo in, in Halo in ITTEC. So that's um, that's one of the things that I always heard being discussed when um, they first acquired Bethesda was yeah. like, could they could they build an ODST kind of game on the ITTEC engine? Because you know ITTEC's this sort of faster kind of um, you know, Doom's made in tech, you know, and I always think of Master Chief as a sort of heavier kind of character, you know, he's wearing all this armor and shit and slower. He's, yeah, he's yeah. Te- teched up to hell and so it's a, it's a little bit floaty, you know, Halo, you do these like slow kind of jumps and I, I, why is that? Why, why, why is Halo floaty? Is there a law reason? Is Master Chief got like rocket propel boots or something? I don't know. I don't but, know. Like, I, Maybe I it's don't... gravity on the Halo ring that is just... Yeah, yeah. That, that could be it. Could be gravity <laughs> on the Halo ring, right? But um, I sort of like, you think of games like Doom and stuff, and it's it's sort of like, it's a little bit more grounded, a little bit more fast-paced, and, you know, action, action-y, I guess. A little less, I don't know. I, I can't, I don't know how to describe it, but I kind of feel like... um. If you were to make an ODST game where you play as a soldier or a shock trooper or whatever, it's kind of like um, you want it, you want you want it to feel a little bit more faster, a little bit more twitchy. You know, I often thought yeah. like what would be really cool is if they did like when when this Activision Blizzard deal finally goes through. You know, I often think like why haven't they done this already? Why isn't there like a call of you know? Because it feels like they've run out of the ideas with Call of Duty. You know, we've had yeah. Modern Warfare Two remastered now. <laughs> and, you know what? What? What's next? Are we uh, yeah. in like ten years? Are we going to have Modern Warfare Two remastered again? Remastered, remastered. Is that what we're going to end up with? But I was thinking, like, why? Why haven't they done Call of Duty Starcraft or Call of mm. Duty ODST? You know, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. 
Call of Duty Doom, you know, start, like with that engine, with that sort of gameplay progression, but like in one of their other shooter universes, you know, Call of Duty yeah. Wolfenstein. I don't, I don't know. I don't so know. like, um, I mean, it's, I desperately want the Starcraft one to happen. I think that's a wicked idea. Um, and I just want a proper new it, Starcraft on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think it could be could be cool, but there's no indication so far that they want to use id tech beyond id, for whatever reason. Um, I mean, Wolfenstein is also running on id tech. Um, but yeah, that's, that's true. It. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if like uh, maybe contra. I wonder if contraband's running on id tech actually. Oh, interesting. Since um, yeah, because um, you know the, the obviously the devs making contraband, they also made Rage, and Rage yeah. is on id tech, right? I think Rage yes. two. Yes. So, I could look that up right now. Actually, why not? Why <laughs> I think so. Right uh, here on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I think so. That's a good, a, a good point. I mean, they they also made Just Cause, but Just Cause was. I really can't remember the name of the engine. It was some proprietary engine. Like Havoc um, engine or something. Was it the Havoc engine? It wasn't a Havoc engine. And I need to Google now. Havoc's now. not an engine. Havoc's a physics model. It's a physics model, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was that was their engine. I think I don't know. Um, Apex, uh, the Apex game Apex engine. engine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so that yeah, proprietary engine. Exactly, and um, Rage Two engine. I think Rage Two is a. Uh, the chat says uh, Rage 2 is on the uh, Avalanche internal engine, so the Apex engine. Oh, really? Okay. So I guess Contraband will be on that as well then. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I often thought, like, maybe they, they, I often thought they'd package up id tech and sell it, you know, or develop mm. it into an Unreal competitor or something like that. Because that feels like the, miss, the missing part of GameStack is, like, where's the engine? You know, GameStack yep. GameStack gives you basically everything, like all the middleware, all the live DevOps and, and the live ops and, and all that kind of stuff. But there's yep. no there's no engine attached to it. So I was thinking like maybe id tech would be that engine, but um <laughs> hasn't materialized <laughs> yet. Like isn't yet. Infinity Awards engine like based on id tech as well? Yes. Like? Uh um I think uh it was id tech four or five that they uh, basically started to modify it on and it now we are it, yeah. it takes uh, it That's takes seven obviously they are different yeah. now but yeah it, it, the core is still based on it tech um and the guy who leads technology for GameStack actually used to work on the it tech engine oh. back in the day so that's with john Carmack and, and and the folks sweet yeah. that is cool yeah yeah so we shall see uh about halo infinite so just what do you expect when when will xbox microsoft finally be able uh already to talk about this uh i have no idea if if it is switched off to the unreal engine mm. i suspect we won't hear about to tango for another two years or something <laughs> now probably yeah you know, if, it, if it was like if it was you know I, I originally heard it was um it was targeting january 2022 originally mm. and then i heard it was targeting season three or season four and then okay. season three got delayed 
<laughs> so then I was thinking maybe it's you know as good to be season four, but now if it's switching engine, God knows you know season six maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Do we even have a season six at that point? It just like when you think about it, like it's just crazy to think about like how how much of a delay this will induce in the game, which I was pretty sure they were gonna they were gonna tie it to a season. It was gonna be the content for that season. So, like, if there's no Battle Royale for Season 4, what's in Season 4 now? Because it's not going to be Tatanka if it's switched engine. Yeah. You know, and then and then it comes all the way back around to this, like, Halo Infinite's live service is terrible. You know? Yeah. So if they, if they are switching it to Unreal Engine, that's, like, a bold move. And then we get into the point where it's like, why even bother? Why not just start working on the next halo and just write halo with and off yeah. if you really if you really get into the point where you sort of you're rebooting the whole project and moving it away yeah. from being seasonal content moving it away from forge and all that kind of stuff why even bother you know or maybe maybe like some people have said in the in the halo community it's going to be like a completely separate standalone kind of game different feel to halo maybe maybe it is an odst more like a more call of duty-esque faster paced all that kind of stuff i mean these are things i can potentially investigate but it's also kind of like does the halo community want that do they want something that doesn't feel like halo because if it's on unreal engine that might be what you're getting you know something that doesn't feel like halo but at the same time maybe that's what halo needs Maybe Halo needs something that doesn't feel like Halo to connect yeah. with new users, you know. Um, yeah. Right now, it's all a load of speculation. Don't know what's going on. Still waiting for confirmation on some things, but it does look like there might be something to it. So I apologize to Sean W for writing him off so, so you know, uh, so quickly this morning. Yeah, that's why I shouldn't tweet before I've had my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> we all did the, these mistakes, man. We all did them. Uh, yeah, Chess. Um, good talk. Good talk. Thanks for for bringing um, clarification to these rumors um, and uh, uh, bring some shed some light on the speculations. Um, it was awesome. Um, I know you gotta go, uh, so I don't want to keep you too long. Um, Dutch and I, we were gonna gonna continue with a couple of other uh, super interesting topics uh, of the day. But yeah, again, Chess, thanks for coming on. Um, we have to get you back for a full episode. Uh, yeah, I love to be there. Awesome. But, uh, I'll get in touch with you, man. All right, cool, man. Well, have a good night, guys, and uh, thanks for having me. Take no, care, thanks guys. for coming, and I see you soon. All right, um, Dutch. So it is now you and me. Um, and we have more than a hundred uh, listeners uh, and viewers here. Uh, so awesome uh, that you all tuned in. If you enjoy this program, it would be absolutely awesome if you to simply smash that like button. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you're new to the channel, of course, uh, consider subscribing. Uh, we always have a great time here on the world of gaming. But Dutch, um, coming off of Halo and and potentially getting some excitement uh, around a, a new engine in Halo, we had something from Sony this uh, uh, today. And I'm not really sure what to make of this. So here's what happened. Actually, first, when I read it, I thought, okay, this is good news. Um, 
Sony has confirmed that they launched their loyalty program. They're basically their kind of reward program. It launched today in the Asia region and it's going to launch on October 5th in, in uh, America and in Europe and Australia on October 13th. So sounds like good news, but there's there was something attached to it. And man, it is, I, I hate to say it, but lately, whenever we talk about some Sony and PlayStation news, um, there's always something negative attached to it. So what came out of this is um, this this um, reward program has basically four different tiers. And if you reach the highest tier, you're going to uh, unlock a premium customer support. So how do you unlock this now? Um, you have to buy at least four full price games. Yeah, no DLC or or reduced games count full for full price games, which we all know 70 bucks in the US, 80 euros here across Europe. Uh, how much is it in the UK? Uh, 70 pounds. 70 pounds. All right, there you go. Uh, and you have to earn at least 128 rare trophies. It's not the regular trophies, it has to be the rare trophies, and you can't do that with four full games, um, at least not normal ones. So you even have to buy more to get proper customer support and a lot of um, Asian player from, from Japan um, and South Korea have complained actually about uh, this, uh, that they uh, really don't get any customer support <laughs> anymore and uh, only the priority users can get the phone. So I want to hear from you. It kind of feels like Sony lets you pay now for customer service or customer support. Am I right with this feeling, Dutch, or what do you make of this? That's that's the way it's coming across. It's essentially saying if as long as you're the highest spender, then you're going to be able to cut in line and get support from us, where everybody else is waiting. Um, if we not if we're notified that essentially you're one of our priority customers, then you get seen to first. That's mm -hmm. that's like a, a high end brand mentality. That's like a big spender at Louis Vuitton or Gucci going in and, and having the, <laughs> yeah. the person come and show for them around. That's the kind of mentality that PlayStation are doing here by having this rewards program wall off priority access to customer support for the highest spenders. Yeah. Um, and considering it's it's not only the fact that you have to buy four new games, it's it, it starts from today. So whatever you've already purchased this year does not count it's everything going yep. forward. And is there four new full price games you want to want this year that you're going to pay that for? Mm. Probably not. Probably not. You're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Hang on. We have the, the uh, porn pots <laughs> again in the chat. Uh, so just going to remove that. Listen, I want to read a couple of uh, uh, comments from the chat. You know, that our chat is on fire. Shout out to everyone here uh, who's, who's watching live. Um, Dustin Lambert says, uh, we won't answer your phones unless you've earned 20, 75 Platinums. <laughs> Jacob Novi mentions four full price games in dollars, 280 bucks for the customer support. Well, it's, it's not even just the dollar thing, actually. It's, it's the fact that you need 128 trophies. It's crazy, right? So it means yeah, you rare things. trophies, not not even the you, you know the what, yeah, what are they called bronze, bronze? Or silver. You've yeah, got to get. Yeah. You have to, they have to be rare. 
which is a lot. That's not just four full-priced games. <laughs> yeah. You don't have that many rare trophies on four games. You'd be lucky if there's about 20 between all four. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Uh, you have to have uh, like uh, around 15, I would guess, 15 games at least. At least. Um, in, in order to get the proper customer support. I don't know what Sony is thinking, it, honestly. It, it's absolutely baffling. And it's... I don't know why they keep doing it to themselves and, mm. and why they felt the need to include customer service in there at all. Why why should you have priority customer support for anybody? Like every customer should be treated as equal, no matter if Absolutely. they're spending one dollar yeah. or a thousand dollars. Yeah. You treat all of your customers the same. That's that's number one in customer service. There's nobody that goes above that. Yes, there are certain certain things in certain areas for instance if you're a, you're a very high-end user a very very high-end user that re- requires the service in order to run that's a different story but in terms of an actual general consumer yes it's everyone's the same absolutely absolutely imagine you're buying a tv and a samsung or i don't know lg or panasonic or whoever uh Goes in, you you come in with a problem of your TV, and then they said, ah, "Dude, you only watch 100 hours a month on this TV. We yeah, can't only, help you it's out." It's only a 43 inch. Uh, you've yeah. got to have at least a 60 inch TV in order to access. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think we all agree here. This is this is uh, really ridiculous. Um, and uh, why do you, why do you think they they keep making like every time they say something good they the, it it's followed up by something bad. Why do they keep doing it? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they had they have they have like this new internal team founded by Chim, good old Chimbo, uh, like uh, the greed team or so. Yeah, so they they have a new strategy, and then Chim uh, calls them in and, and uh, on the table, and then okay, how can we make this move a little bit more greedy? And then they have a special task force just for this. Kind of feels like it. It's just, I, I just don't understand it. I don't understand the mentality. And, and it's, you know, it's even funnier, though, with everything that's going on with the Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft. Yeah. And he's complaining about for the gamers and for the consumers. And then to do this, it's every time he opens his mouth, something yeah. gets released that is completely anti-consumer. <laughs> 100% and I think the chat agrees here Dustin Lambert says but Jim Ryan says that it's Xbox who's going to hurt gaming <laughs> so yeah it's just it's absolutely mad absolutely mad I, I just don't understand I don't understand the mentality of it hmm. you, as a number one if you look after your customers the customers look after you that's a, just a bottom line fact and the reason customers look after you is because the, the better you do as a company the more likely they are to stay with you and spend with you. Now, they've already got the good games sorted, so they're they're kings of making great games. But there is so much more to a company than just making good games. Yes. And it it goes down to, to customer support. It goes down to network stability. It goes down to security on the platform. It goes down to the customer service availability if someone has Absolutely. an issue, you want to get it fixed and fixed quick. Yes. It comes down to the appalling refund policy that you can't even even start downloading the game. The moment you yeah. start downloading the game, it is void. You cannot refund. 
Absolutely. Like, I, I 100% agree. Listen, man, when my Xbox Series X broke a couple of months ago, you you remember, it like literally Xbox had the, the console for one day and then I got the thing repaired back to me. That's how you do customer service. Um, and if you treat a customer like that, like you said, he's... He's not gonna complain about the the Xbox, actually, that the, or uh, he's not gonna complain about that the actual Xbox broke. Yeah, um, he's he's gonna be happy with how he was uh, treated. And like you said, good games is one big important thing, no doubt. And and Sony is good at that. But as of late, everything else kind of feels like they're not, uh, and they used to be. Yeah, they had great customer support. Um, they also had a great ecosystem, but things have changed. Microsoft has changed the, the business. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right anymore that you have to pay for cloud saves. It just doesn't feel right that you have to pay that ten uh, extra bucks for the next gen version of your game. It just doesn't feel right um, to not being able to play locally your PS3, two, or one games anymore. Backwards compatibility not being supported. It doesn't feel right that I have to buy Spider-Man on the PC again when I already have bought it twice on the PlayStation. Um, these are things like where, where Xbox just simply changed the business and the way how we think about value in gaming. Same goes, of course, for day one releases in a, in a subscription service. Um, we've, we've gotten used to this and we... we you, you kind of expect it and that's the new standard and you have to move along with that. But it feels like Sony is just stuck in their ways like they did it like 10, 15 it, years ago, but the industry has moved forward. It doesn't feel like they're stuck in their ways. What it's trying to, I think what they are trying to do is get the industry to, to stay true to their ways and they don't want to move along with the industry. Yeah, so they want yeah. to create these big games, but what they don't want to do is move along with where the industry is going, which is a lot more access for gamers to play games wherever they want to play games, mobile gaming, um, cloud gaming, mm. um, better customer service, uh, more interactivity with the with the customer base. As you see from a lot of different gaming studios now and a lot of different developers, they like to come out and be a little bit more vocal and get interactive with their communities. And Sony's devs outside of Santa Monica with Corey Barlog, who is pretty interactive, none of the developers actually get involved with their community. Like, there's not one point that you really see them get involved mm. fully with their communities. You don't see, and essentially when you're looking at the way that Sony are operating and, and why they're complaining so much about the whole Call of Duty thing is because they know it's not that they can't compete and putting games in a service is that they refuse to compete on that front. Yeah. They don't want to get into the same battle with Microsoft. They don't want to say, well, this is the way the industry is doing. They don't want Microsoft to, to lead the industry, which is essentially what they're doing. Microsoft are trying to push the industry forward by offering customer-centric approaches to how gaming is evolving. And Sony don't want Microsoft to evolve the sector. They want Sony still want to be the ones that push the industry forward and push the medium forward. I don't I just don't think they like the fact that Microsoft is the one attempting to push the industry forward. 
which is why they're kicking up a fuss and why they're setting their ways, why they refuse to 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 actually provide a, a service that is going to benefit the consumer. Um, they, they mentioned so many times that streaming services and rental services aren't beneficial, mm. then they created yeah. one, but they just haven't put day-and-day games in there. See, and th that's the weird thing. Like, you have this new brand, new rebranding of your of your subscription service. You have these these three tiers now in the PS Plus base, essentials and premium and stuff. You kind of want to promote that. But at the same time, you have, like, every executive come out and say, well, day and date, not not for us, not for us. Our It, it would reduce the quality. So you kind of have the feeling like they really don't believe in the service, but please, please subscribe to, to it. Yeah. Like yeah. recently, even Shuhei, and I really respect Shuhei. He's been a legend in the in the gaming um industry. But even he, he came out and, and talked about the, the problem I've got with Sony executives at the moment is I think they've all been given a remit to stick to yeah. and they're not allowed to say anything beyond that. I don't believe that Shuhei in a um in an in a, a mind of his own, where he hasn't been told to stick to the remit, which I do believe, I think I don't believe he would say it's not beneficial. When every indie developer that's ever created any content that has went on to Game Pass, and he's in charge of indies for Sony, any indie yeah. developer that has mentioned day one on Game Pass has mentioned just how beneficial that's been. Every single one of them mm. has been like, this is our game has done two million, and a million of those yeah. was on Game Pass. Or our game was this, and this is how much it grew, 25 50%, 100% increases yeah. over last time. It's not just one developer. It's every indie developer. So, uh, And it's not just the indie developers. Yeah, it's even the big guys, yeah. The biggest, bigger guys uh, recently uh, came, came out. Uh, Shuhei's obviously indie for Sony. So yeah, yeah absolutely, from, absolutely. From his perspective, saying that you can't get indie, of course you can, because you put Stray there day one. Yeah. So if obviously it does well, it must do well. Otherwise, Stray wouldn't be going on there. Did What's it the well? reason why I actually zapped to the the service? Because, yeah. like, I had the PS Plus thing, and um, I could have bought Stray for thirty bucks or upgraded for twenty eight. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, obviously, that's what I did. Um, let me read briefly a super chat coming in from Raiden Blade. Uh, he sends in five pounds. Man, thank you so much for the support. He says, the new cry from Jim is, we need to increase price before Xbox is buying up everything and we need to stay in business. It's Microsoft. I bet uh, you that his that his move. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is. It kind it, of the thing is about PlayStation is it's... Up until very recently, PlayStation literally saved Sony. Yeah, Sony was on its knees with its TVs, with its other electronic products. It, it they weren't performing in any sector. They weren't doing good enough, and naturally, because no other part of their their um, their platform, Sony as a, as a company was failing miserably. But Sony, last generation, the PlayStation Four pulled them out of it, pulled them out of the thick of the, of the trouble with yep. their continued performance and investing in the big blockbuster games that continued to get hit after hit after hit after hit. 20 million copies, 20 million copies, 10 million copies, 15 million copies, yep. 10 million copies. It was just hit after hit after hit. Game of the years, left, right, and center. 
last generation. And it really dug them out the dirt. And the problem is, and we've said this since the beginning of the generation, Sony are resting on their laurels and they're still doing that now. They're resting on, they're they're still in the mentality that it's last generation. The The last generation is gone. You're only as good as your current generation. And so far, if we have a look at both of them, PlayStation have had a bigger game output this generation. Yep. Microsoft have had, a, in, in terms of the actual services and everything they've produced for the consumer, yeah. it's a much more positive start from Xbox. Granted, we're never going to give them a pass the on the entire ecosystem day. around yeah. it. It's just yeah. more positive. And the, the future actually looks so bright for Xbox yeah. that, and that gamers... Even even to add to that, in terms of future, yeah. you, you're seeing that there. There is still nothing from Sony to talk about what is actually happening next year or beyond. Mm. Nothing. Which is so weird. And we're because into they October. have always been so good in selling hope. <laughs> yeah, they've always been so good. They, they literally sold the PS4 on hope. Because when we look back at the at the launch of, of the PS4 in 2013, they didn't have much first-party content either. It wasn't until I want to say 2016 mm. until this continuous stream of of first party games came in. Like literally in the first two years, everyone called it the indie station. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but but they sold that that system on hope, and this time they don't. We know about God of War. Can't resist. I will buy it day one. Um, yep, no doubt. So. And then they said. <laughs> Well, <laughs> uh, then they said, well, Spider-Man 2 coming in 2023, uh, and they have announced Wolverine for whatever. And that's it. That's all we know. And we know yeah. that Spider-Man is going to get a delay. It's, it's yeah. not going to come out next year. Yeah. So listen, I have a thought here that the Sony will have a real heart. They, they, or let me start differently. Sony has it easy this year because even Xbox if they make bad fine. customers moves, <laughs> Xbox has a super bad year in, the, yeah. in terms of first-party releases. Everything got delayed, and it's it's just yeah, E3 the or the the showcase didn't hit as intended, and and so yeah, Xbox uh, isn't the biggest uh, competitor for them this year. Game Pass is doing well, but not too mind-blowing this year either so they they can get through with this this year next year and we're gonna get to some updates on xbox exclusives in a second man um can't wait to talk with you about that but next year xbox is it at least we all assume that um next year they will have this continuous stream of games coming in in addition to that um they, we have the the third party publishers bringing out the big guns next year. Like, yeah, like Rock, uh, um, uh, Rocks, uh, not Rockstar. <laughs> um, um, we we get the Justice League game. Yeah. Um, Rocksteady, thank you. Um, yeah. so uh, stuff like that. We have Avatar. We have Hogwarts. We have all these big hitters from the big third-party uh, games with Dragon Age coming next year. We have this, these games as Stalker well. Two. So, Stalker 2, 
we we're gonna get to that Xbox exclusive in a second. Yeah. L- listen, this is amazing what next year is gonna come out. But every and I mean really every publisher is gonna fight over the time from gamers because we simply won't have the time to play all those games. And then it comes down to this question that you have both all consoles. I do have the consoles. And whatever uh, uh, Sony is going to bring out, let's assume they bring out Spider-Man 2 next year. Even though we are excited for that game and we want to yeah. play it, we don't. We also have at the same time like three other big AAA releases. And two of them are going to be in Game Pass and you don't have to pay 80 euros for them. So what you going to do? You only have limited time to play. You can't play them anyway. All. So what you're going to do, and this is when Sony is getting into real trouble because then they are not just fighting for the money, they're also fighting for the time. And when you combine those, and Xbox offers, offers both, they offer for their, for their you, you have already subscribed to Game Pass, you already paid for the games. You can, and then you can play, you can choose, play Diablo for free, play yeah. Starfield for free, play, yeah. I don't know, uh, Redfall, Stalker, Wolong, whatever for free or will you be dropping like 80 bucks for the multiplayer mode of the last of us which is also going to come out next year at the Absolutely same time so listen and this and is when thing, good thing you mentioned time actually there was a, a colleague of mine at work he was mentioning he was like i can't wait for god of war ragnarok to come out he's like i loved the first one it was like my my one of my favorite games of all time And I was just talking about Ragnarok, and I was like, have you played um, Horizon? He hasn't even got a PlayStation 5 yet. He's still got a mm. PlayStation 4. But he can't justify getting a PlayStation 5 because he doesn't have enough time in his life anyway to play the games, yeah. um, which is fair. But I was mentioning, have you played Horizon Forbidden West yet? He said, I haven't got around to it, but like all of the games that Sony bring out aren't ones you can just pick up and play. Like You've got to sit, like have a few hours spare. You can't just jump in for for 30 minutes on God of War and then jump back out. It's it's impossible. Mm. You can't, like, it's not that type of game. You've, you've got to set yourself aside a good couple hours to play the game every time you play it. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point? It's going to take you forever to finish it. Um, so that's why he isn't getting Horizon right now. He's like, no, I'm next one I'm getting is God of War, and then I'll spend weeks or months finishing that yeah. and then get on to the next one. And again, you're right, it's about the time. And this is where X, this is exactly where Xbox hit the mark because with Game Pass and with being able to not f- worry about spending it, you can download your shooter, you can download your sports game, you can download your adventure game, you can download your indie game, exactly the new release, exactly. the third party release, whatever it is, and you've got a multitude of choice where you can just okay, I haven't got enough time to to play on God of War right now because the kids are. are just off the bed and it's late and need to get yeah. up tomorrow so i've got half an hour to burn so i'll I'll just play this and that's exactly. that's that's the benefit that's this is where xbox as you mentioned this is where they push forward and where sony refused to invest in i don't think they quite realize this thing it's not just about making the best games known to man it's about providing uh, The entire package, the value of yeah. the the entire ecosystem. And yeah. then you, when you think about all that stuff combined with the conveniences you got, like 
having a, having a, your games available on xCloud when you're on the go or when you want to continue on your PC or and all that stuff combined together next year it's it's going to be hard it's it's going to be hard for Sony um but that's actually what Sony kind of needs i've yeah. sa- i've said it a couple of shows I ago think, i think they um, need to get out of the mind frame that doing something would mean less money attributed to game development all that for some reason putting it on a subscription service makes the game worse i don't understand that meant i've never understood that mentality and that to me just sounds like he's deg- um, degrading the developers yeah. as if to say you're not going to do a good enough job if we put this on a service i've actually talked about someone uh who is in the um um what's the english word um uh, Someone who funds development. Um, what, an what, investor. What's, an, uh, thank you, an investor. Um, uh, who's in, in, in the investor business. Uh, and he said that the video game industry is is really uh, hard to get into because you have to spend millions and millions, hundreds of millions over years yeah. before you get your actual return of investment. Yeah. So that's why investors are really not that excited for the gaming industry. And it's really hard to get money in the gaming industry because like you need five years to develop the AAA game. You have to pay and five years of salary. You have to buy five years exactly why. equipment and stuff. So uh, before you start actually making money and then all that money comes in at the same time, yeah. then you have a, a, a big pile of money lying around and and you, uh, you kind of have to live off that for the next five years until you make the next game. And yeah. that's that's really the issue of, of getting proper funding in the in the gaming space. And, and guess what, Dutch, what, what helps to get continuous money that you need for the Purchasing. development time? <laughs> I mean, a subscription service. Yeah. <laughs> like literally month and month, each and every month you get the money. Yeah. So let me read, uh, briefly read a super chat coming in again from Raiden Blade. Thank you so much, man. Truly appreciate the support. means a lot. He says, um, Call of Duty saved Sony. All the bangers were funded by Call of Duty. At Dutch, remember uh, these big banger needed bundles, e.g. Spider-Man bundle, The Last of Us 2 bundle, a 10 million sales. Yeah, absolutely fact. Specifically with, um, with Horizon Forbidden West, if that wasn't bundled, that wouldn't have done well. So... It wouldn't. Um, Horizon Forbidden Best was perf- performing very poorly, very poorly, um, the, to the point where they didn't even mention anything to do with sales numbers. The mm. only time they mentioned sales numbers was after they had bundled it in with the console on the no. fresh wave of, of releases. For essentially every console that was sold was with was with Horizon Forbidden West, and then they were like, "Oh yeah, it's 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 performed this well." I was like, "Of course it is, because everybody now owns it." <laughs> Because the only yeah. way to get a console was to get it with Horizon. So, of course, it's performing better. And, yeah, he's absolutely right. And we've already seen the PlayStation Store exclusive Call of Duty bundle um, for the PlayStation 5. That's scheduled to, to release on, on launch day. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, it's primarily for them. The Call of Duty thing is just the fact that they're going to lose advertisement on it and they're going to lose 
Um, the, right. the thinking mentality from the from the casuals that Call of Duty is essentially an exclusive. A PlayStation exclusive, yeah, exactly. Because they attribute, um, oh, do you play Call of Duty? Yeah, okay, so like, what's your PlayStation ID? No, I play I mean, on Xbox. Oh. It, it's no doubt Call of Duty on Game Pass Day 1 is going to be a game changer. It, oh, it literally that. is. It, even, it, even in the casual again, market... Just switching it up and having Call of Duty on the front of the box. Yeah. Like the last time we had Call of Duty on the front of the box, we happened to get the worst one. It was Ghosts with the Xbox One. I know this because I got right. the Call of Duty. Ghosts the last bundle. one, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> I got that bundle and it was the worst Call of Duty I've ever played yeah. in my life. <laughs> I can I can second that. Yeah, yeah man. Um, yeah. So yeah, as soon as Xbox is gonna have those those competitors uh, to to Sony. They are. It it will be a tough time next year. It will be a tough time. Uh, yeah. In between all this stuff coming to Game Pass, uh, the first party content, of course, yeah, and the the third party con- uh, games, plus all these big triple A um, third party releases. W- it, 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 we 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 will have a discussion at the end of twenty three, um, if Sony is gonna have to change something and get a little bit more customer friendly, and that's all I want. I want, I want them to have that proper competition because we. I want Sony to do better by us customers. Um, well, that's that's, and that's I'm one why of them. we have these conversations and why we rant about Sony so much is because oh. we want them to do better. Because if Sony and Xbox are on their absolute A game. All they're doing is pushing the industry forward. It's cre- creating competition. And by creating competition, everybody wins. Literally everybody. All the PlayStation guys yeah. are going to get the best versions of their games ever. They're yeah. going to get the best games ever. My- Xbox is going to do the best thing ever. You're going to get the best consumer services because one of them is going to be like, oh, well, we've added this to our consumer thing. And the other one goes, yeah, well, we've added this. Look at this. And then they refine their rewards program and they refine their rewards and so on. It's a knock-on effect. When yep. one, It's what it's meant to be. But Sony, instead of being buoyed on by Xbox's push on these services, are doing the complete opposite. They're refusing to, to get involved in competition. They don't want competition is, is yeah. how it is coming across right now. I agree. I agree. And... We know that they are scared. We know that they are scared. But man, I don't want to drag this out too long. We're going going off the rails here again. We always do that. Hey? We, we have one topic and then we end up. We actually started on the premium customer service. And I asked the chat. I put up a poll in the chat. Um, what do you think about premium customer service? Um, 14% love it. Take my money. Um 39% say, what are they thinking? And 47% say, please remove Jimbo. <laughs> yeah. Um, remove the premium cost of service or remove Jimbo? Uh, re- remove Jimbo. I think okay. like, <laughs> seriously, uh, uh, Jim is, isn't good for, for PlayStation. No, he really isn't. He, he might be good for short-term revenue but if you think about long-term strategy and how these strategies are moving uh, hurting the the brand yeah um i'm i'm convinced that sony can do better i am 
most certainly convinced about that. But man, let's let's talk about some Xbox games. We have a couple yeah. of uh, different um, um, news bits. Um, something smaller dropped today, for instance, like Scorn. Um, you know the slimy, squishy. The time I've seen this... a game pulled forward. When, whenever has it happened? <laughs> um, whenever has it happened that a game release early? Yeah. So Scorn is coming now out on October twenty first. Um, so in about oh, a good three 14th. weeks. Fourteenth. Fourteenth. October twenty first. Ah, pardon me. See yeah. there, there you go. Fourteenth. It's now. Yeah, yeah. there. It's even sooner. <laughs> <laughs> Even sooner, too. So, gross, disgusting ga looking game. Uh, not sure if, if, if that is for me. Uh, I admit I'll be, I'll it. Uh, it's only eight hours long. Yeah, I, I'll give it a try. Uh, yeah. But if it's, it's only eight hours, that's like, um, what was that other indie game that came out not too long ago? The QT, the kind of QT one in space where you had to vacuum everything up. Oh, um, the gunk. Yeah, that was like five six hours long or something yeah like yeah. if i'm if we're talking that kind of time for scorn yeah i can do that like as squidgy and it's moist as it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we shall see um something bigger something one of my most anticipated games next year actually is stalker 2 man stalker 2 yes i i have you played the 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 ogs on the on on, on pc I haven't. No, I've uh, I've, uh, I've heard they're they're actually quite difficult games. Oh yeah, they're games. not easy. No, no, yeah. not easy games. Um, but they actually confirmed that they want to make this more approachable. Um, yes. There, uh, Docker Two coming, still coming next year. We had these idiots running mm. around here yeah. on social, spreading false rumors about the game being pushed to twenty four, twenty five, um, because everything that. Because of obviously everything that's going on, and we all know how much trouble they actually have to put that game out. Yeah. But um, it, it it got to a point where the studio head or uh, a game head, uh, head of the game, actually came out and reassured everyone: um, the game is still coming out in 2023. So another big. Uh, Blockbuster added to the list of 2022 titles for uh, 2023 titles. Sorry, uh, for for Xbox. Um, what do you think of this? It's it's. Oh, I'm, I'm really like Stalker was, and again, we can't help what happened this year, and and, and it's it's still ongoing. Um, but I cannot wait. It's it was one of my most anticipated games. It was it was just a level of craftsmanship that they've put into Stalker Two so far that we've seen. Um, and now even seeing the, yeah. the, the the development thing again on the Xbox showcase, the extended showcase was phenomenal to see the, just the, mm. the grit and determination by developers in such a grim time to continue to work on something they love to make sure that the, the game continues and life somewhat continues as normal for them yeah. um, in such the hardest of times. And of course, not all of their developers are, are developing some of them are protecting the front lines and protecting ukraine um but the vast majority of their developers are continuing to work on the game um and they're continuing to make sure that thing comes out and it's it's that level of determination it's that level of uh, of um 
work ethic, should we say? Yeah. And everything that's going into the to the game just makes me even more excited. It just yeah. it's the passion. It's the, the passion. passion. Can yeah. you imagine the dedication and the passion you have to have to actually work on that game again after everything that they have gone through? Like literally, your colleagues are at the front. You had to part of the studio moved out to Prague. Um, others uh, live live in in in, in uh, the subway stations now, and yeah. it's it's insane that under these circumstances there's still enough passion left to finish up this game. I'm absolutely excited for it. I was it was on my list even before the um, the the uh, war in the Ukraine happened, um, and it is um, still up there as one of my most anticipated games because I love the first ones. Um, if you remember back in the days, a part of the studio split off uh, and they created then the Metro series, which was also absolutely excellent. Uh, yeah. super, superb games. I love them. Um, it just these games, this, this, this kind of setting in Eastern Europe, like the, the post-apocalyptic settings in Eastern Europe, they, they, it just hits with me, you know, it's, yeah. it's something that, that I really, really dig. And, and I think the uh, thing the, with Stalker 2 as well, compared to Metro, is Stalker 2 has got a little bit more of a realistic vibe around it. It does, and it Metro is a little bit have. more open world, and you know yeah. how much I love open world and uh, RPG yeah. elements. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, man, Stalker 2, gonna be awesome. Um, can't wait for that. We also got uh, uh, some news on another Xbox game uh, of 2023, and yes, I'm saying it already, it is an Xbox game then, by then it's Diablo 4. Yes. By then uh, <laughs> it's, it is it is uh, an Xbox uh, game. Um, and Diablo 4 actually got uh, the, the beta invites out. Um, have you been one of the lucky ones? Yeah, me neither. I think my 300 hours on Xbox didn't <laughs> were <laughs> not enough. You have thousands. It needs to be thousands. Yeah, it need to be yeah, thousands. Be. I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we're hearing very good things. Um, yeah. Even the beta has cross play and cross progression. Yeah, um, it's an end game beta, so uh, it's it's all end game content. No, um, try out all the specials and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we were hearing very good things. So I want to hear from you about your hype level um, for for Diablo. Uh, to be fair, this like uh, for the Diablo series, I've enjoyed them, but they've never been the like uh, something that I've always been hyped about. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the series. I do enjoy them. I do enjoy these kind of ice, these top down. Um, um, is it isometric? It is isometric, isn't it? It's isometric uh, few, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of the word there, and I was thinking it is isometric. <laughs> it is isometric, um, yes. Yeah, these isometric uh, kind of hack and slash kind of uh, magic game. I do actually really enjoy them, um, but I, have, I do take them in kind of pinches of salt. Obviously, I'm much more of a JRPG, where I love turn-based JRPGs, mm. and of course, I think one of my kind of more anticipated games is the... Um, the the other one that we're getting for the game that released this year, I keep forgetting it now. Hundred Heroes, it's called. Um, okay. I can't wait for that second part to release next year. But for mm. Diablo specifically, 
the showing that it had um, when they when they officially kind of unveiled some of the gameplay or more in depth gameplay at the, the more recent showcases for it um, actually worked in its favor because it it looks so much more impressive than any previous Diablo. Um, the world is much more impressive graphically. It's it's so much better. Um, I love the random world events that you get where everyone has to fight against these giant kind of yeah. Me- Demi bosses, should we say? I think it is. It, it fits perfectly in a in, in a Diablo setting to have like this. But it feels shared more like overworld. an world RPG um, than it does a standard Diablo where you're kind of just going from mission to mission. When you're adding these randomized events and these randomized things that are going on, it feels more like your character leveling up has a worth other than just yeah. completing the game or doing dungeons. Yeah. Um, because it with an RPG of any sort, what you're really leveling up for is to go and battle against the toughest enemies or let's go and do this 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 raid over here. And and it sounds like they've got these these more just these like I say, these randomized events and raids going on in, in Diablo yeah. 4 now, yeah. which is that's the kind of stuff you want to see. It's kind of an their version essentially of a destiny universe. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned that, uh, because I was literally saying earlier today in a, in, a, in a chat I had with with some people in the community that I truly hope that they adopt the ideas of strikes from Destiny to Diablo. You know, like these um, 15 to 20 hour missions that you can do with randoms if you want to, um, where you don't really have to talk to each other. I mean that's really the thing about the, these the, the strikes in Destiny, and I, I don't ha- know any game that did it as well as Destiny did it with yeah. with the strikes, where you have like these missions that you can play with randoms. Uh, you're still having fun. You don't need to talk to. I hate talking to randoms, um, but you still can do that. Uh, and I, I, I would. I think like this would perfectly fit into the world of the Diablo. Yeah. Then you have like this shared overworld with all the the, the uh, um, online uh, events that that you just mentioned that is go- are going on. And then you just walk into the dungeon and then be on your way with either your mates or or simply alone. Yeah. Um. It's it sounds really like the Diablo we all wanted. And if you look at the art style, they're finally coming back to this more dark and gritty world where they had like this more colorful and, and comic-y look in Diablo 3. And yeah. not to take away from Diablo 3, I know a lot of people hate it, but I actually, I played 300 hours or so of it. Um, which reminds me, by the way, we need to to boost your character. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at this point, we're just probably going to wait for Diablo 4. Diablo 4. But we'll anyways, um, yeah. I digress. The thing is... Um, yeah, it's it, uh, it it really sounds uh, uh, like the Diablo we all wanted. The, the art style is fantastic. Uh, they have such a diversity in the biomes for all these dungeons um, that they have already shown off. Uh, the classes look fantastic um, at, at launch. So, so far, um, I'm still hoping to get my beta invite eventually. Um it would, would absolutely be awesome. I want to read one uh, comment here from chat, um, from the chat. Uh, damn it, now it's gone. Uh, where, 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 where,
Thank yes, Euden yeah. Chronicles. Oh, that's, that's I played that as well. Um, so where was it? There we have it. William Lanza says, uh, Diablo 4 have micro in order to keep on playing, need more data. So uh, Blizzard actually came out, Rod Ferguson came out and said, it's going to be your classic Diablo experience. Um um without having uh, like my relying uh, uh, on on uh, microtransactions to progress yeah um so i give them the benefit of a doubt i have no doubt that there will be a cosmetic store in the game i no doubt um, the thing is that I, I i think the thing that saves diablo 4 from having cosmetics is the fact that they have diablo immortal that is rammed full of microtransactions so I don't. I think the fact that they have a microtransaction source in a Diablo universe already saves Diablo Four from getting those microtransactions. So I think why Rod said that. No, it's going to be a, a standard Diablo thing. Like there isn't going to be these in. You're, you're going to just have them. You can unlock everything the same way you did previously. There's not going to be microtransactions. I think he meant that literally because of the fact that they know they have another microtransaction source in Diablo anyway, which is Diablo Mortal on mobile. So I think I think that's which yeah. is in by the way generating an insane amount yes, of revenue. And if you look at, at this kind of revenue, you know exactly why Microsoft is trying to get ABK. It's yep. really not about Call of Duty, it's about these mobile games. Um yeah um but man diablo such such a good uh uh franchise i can't wait i i really can't wait um this and starfield um they they are gonna take up my life these these two games next year Um, i'm quite i am quite intrigued on redfall now as well yeah see i was more excited um because I, I love Arcane. Really pray amazing game. Chess Corden talked about it earlier. Uh, one of his favorite favorite games. Dishonored also super special. Yeah. And I was really excited. Now I play Deathloop and I'm I'm not hating the game. I'm really not. Yeah. I'm not sure whether I like it. That's yeah. my problem. So um and I don't know where Redfall is gonna land. Is it gonna be more prey? Is it going to be more death loop? I think it's going to be more prey, but with a sprinkling of Left 4 Dead mm. and and Borderlands. If it's that, I'm all on board. I'm all yeah. on board. I'm still looking forward to play. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if I have to pick my my top hype game for next year, Diablo, um, Stalker, and and Starfield, and I know especially Starfield and Diablo, they they will consume hundreds and hundreds of hours. Um, yeah. So, listen, two things happened today. Uh, the first um, came as a complete surprise. No one was saw that coming. Stadia is going to get oh. shut down. <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> the true surprise was to me, honestly, um, that Google did the right thing and they are going to refund um, customers for their hardware purchases and um, all the purchases they made in the store for add-ons and such. Not for the main games, but at least for everything that you 
DLC or whatever you you, you bought, uh, you will get a refund. So um, yeah, what? I mean, it's. What it's, do you it, make it, of it, this? There is no, let's let's face it. There's for the last few months, if not the vast majority of this year, Stadia has already been dead. Um, nothing has been happening for it. They got rid of the studio, the development studios. They were relying on third parties releasing games for them. Mm. It was never going to succeed when you or when you've got rid of your first party studios. It's already dead in the water. It's dead, 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 deader than dead. Yeah. <laughs> and is. then, and then, unfortunately, one of the bit the and we have to mention this as well. Unfortunately, one of the bits of news out because there is no first party team to, to talk about other than just the guys that are working on the infrastructure and, and keeping it running um, and the support team for Stadia um, the developers that are working on games that are scheduled to come out this fall weren't informed until that article came out today so they didn't tell the developers which is crazy they, right they just found out via the article that everybody else read it's, Saying, it's so, so essentially that's like could be 12, 16, 18 months worth of development on a game that's coming out for Stadia that now is getting shelved or they're now going to have to try and run around and find... So a, where can we publish this now? Yeah, where, Who can we bring this to? Are we going to try yeah. and get a deal with Luna and put it yeah. on, on Luna? Are we going to speak to Xbox or Nintendo or PlayStation? We're going Because I have a game, it obviously needs... And now more dev time because I need to put it onto a different platform. But yeah. it's just un- unintentional and excess money that these indie developers now need to to spend when they could have just been informed months ago. Listen, this isn't going to work. You you're better off finding another platform to, to develop for. And even as early as yesterday, nine hours ago, actually, when I was looking on Twitter just before. Um, the Hot Wheels Unleashed developers um, and publisher put up a post saying Hot Wheels Unleashed is now on Stadia. Nine hours ago. That is weird. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. How weird <laughs> is that? Oh no. Oh, it's it Man. shows it shows no, how it's... uninformed the developers were. The fact that only nine hours ago a game was getting put onto the marketplace. And and now if you go into Stadia's app, you cannot access the store. It is yeah. shut off. It's gone. It's 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 weird. When we all expected it to happen eventually, yeah. um, it's it's no surprise to me. What is a surprise to me, honestly, is that a company like Google, one of the most valuable com- companies in the world, they come in into the market in the, into the gaming market. They invest hundreds, if not billions, of dollars to develop that technology. Yeah. Google literally owns the search engine market. They li- and with that basically the internet. They literally yeah. own YouTube. So all content creation or, or at least the on-demand content creation is owned by Google. Yeah. This company can't get into the, the gaming market. It is it is really something something weird, but it just shows you the gaming market is special. The gaming market needs a couple of things and you have to understand how the gaming community works in order to succeed and one super important thing simply is 
content. If you want to establish a platform, you got to give your platform an identification. We all, I always say that we exclusives are important because they give the platform an identification. And look at gamers look on at Nintendo, they can identify yeah. with Link, with Mario, with with all these iconic characters. If you look over at PlayStation, they have these legendary I um they have uh, um Nathan Drake and and so on. They have this these the, these games where people can identify the platform with. Microsoft has them. They have the Chief. They have Forza. They have these these iconic brands. I was going to say, um, if you have a look at the history of Xbox and how Xbox came to be, and if you you can watch the documentary which is on YouTube because Xbox did the history of, which is actually critically acclaimed documentary because of the, just how much detail they put into it. It was it was really well done, and I recommend yeah. everybody to watch it actually. Um, but they were in exactly the same position. They were creating a platform and didn't have an IP. And they went to Bungie, they saw Halo, and they went, exactly. we, that is the IP that is going to launch this Xbox. Yeah, That is the IP that is going to bring this. That's going to be the face of our yeah. new brand. Yeah, And they didn't have that. Let me briefly shout out Fanto Sir in the chat. He just became a new channel member. Thank you so much, man, for the amazing support. Channel members uh, that, that will grant you access now, uh, early access to to all the videos and you will have custom made badges and emojis here in the chat. Um, so thank you so much, man, for the support. Shout out to you and shout out to all the other channel members, by the way, um, really means a lot. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just let them run here through on the bottom now for, for a moment. Um, yeah, but listen, it's, and, and I don't, I really don't get why a company like Google, doesn't understand that that's the one thing and the other thing is if you if you come in as the new guy um into a, into a market where you have like these big dogs these big established dogs that have tens that they, they have decades of experience in that field and people grew up with these brands people grew up with an with a Nintendo, they grew up with with PlayStation or Xbox um, <clears throat> because people always say Xbox doesn't have nostalgia. They sure do. They are just four years after after PlayStation uh, on the market, so they are still like twenty one years now in, in in the business. If you if you have that, you know that they have established communities. Yeah, and nothing pushes you more than than a fan base community. I always say like these 5% hardcore gamers, and I probably speak for all of us here, people in the chat that are taking the time to listen to, to dudes like us uh, that to talk about video games that come here and discuss it on social media platforms with others. Those are the hardcore gamers. Those 5 to 10%, they advertise your platform. They go out to your friends. Like, how many times did someone from a relative, my uncle, called me? Listen, I have. I want to gift someone a video game. Well, what do I gift? Yeah, you, you are the guy that recommends to to your family, friends, and colleagues, and so on. You push push this platform. Um, so you when you come into the gaming market, you have to get 
on this hardcore community. You have to grab them. You have to start creating your own community. And there was literally zero effort from Google to do that. There was nothing, absolutely zero, nothing. So no games to identify, no community. So that's how the gaming market or the gaming industry works. We are yeah. a community. We're passionate about games. We stick together. We 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 talk to each other and we push this this industry. Um so yeah, um to me, no surprise. And I made the joke earlier in the green room. I think Luna's gonna be next. <laughs> Because yeah, Luna, Luna's even, even worse at the stage because Luna's US only. So <laughs> is not, it? No, no, it's yeah. available here. It's not. No, it's available. Not really? Yet. Yeah. No, you can't get Luna. Luna's not a thing. No US only. I have to check up on that. Okay, but and be that as it may, I think they had at least one. Um. Uh, one game uh, uh, released so far, the New World. Yeah, yeah. Um, they launched at least that, and it at least made some headlines as one game more than than Stadia had. But that was, I want to say, at least a year ago, if not longer, um, and nothing ever since. Um, so yeah, uh, I have no doubt Luna is gonna follow the the, the exact same road. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but man, another interesting news bit dropped earlier today. Saudi Arabia is trying to get into the gaming market. It's 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 really crazy. I have they, yeah, some, they have some... their own gaming company at the moment. It's not it's not the same type of gaming company as people think. It's an investment arm. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, let, I'll let you dig into the news first, and we'll discuss yeah. It. Uh, it, it's crazy. Saudi Arabia wants to invest a further 70, uh, uh, 37.8 billion US dollars in the gaming industry in acquisitions, including around 13 billion uh, US dollars uh, to acquire a leading game publisher. The rest um, uh, is, is going to be spent on smaller studios and uh, uh, to get parts uh, uh, shares of, of of other game publishers and and developers uh, and they want to get at least one major player in the business for 13 billion dollars to play a major role in the gaming industry what the hell is going on <laughs> here Dutch, explain this, is, this to us i know exactly what's going on um uh, if from obviously in the north of England, the major football team Newcastle United um, are now owned by the same company. Um, it's PIF, which is the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. Um, they are massive. Um, the major, in fact, majority investors of, of Uber, um, major uh, investors in, in Disney, um, major investors in pretty much anything and everything you know, and whether it be airlines, whether it be food services, um, and and obviously now gaming. Um, they've got their own sports. Of course, they've got their own live golf tournament, which has been a massive thing in sports recently, of course. If anyone's a golf fan, you yeah. know yeah. the issues between live golf and PGA. Um, but it's they have money to spend, and they have money to invest, and they want to invest their money worldwide, um, and let's face it, these oil companies, oil 
oil nations, as, as we refer to them as, have a lot of money to spare, but they are also very clever with their money. They don't just spend it for the sake of spending it. They invest it wisely, whether that be on infrastructure for their own country, whether that be these massive, unbelievably futuristic cities and eco cities and things like that, or building islands from scratch. Um and then sell them off for fortunes. They know how to make money and they know how to invest money in the right way. Them yeah. getting involved in gaming is going to shake up gaming. That isn't a pun on shakes either. It's going to <laughs> it's going to shake up gaming to I think in as much as people don't want oil money involved in gaming, it is going to make a, a huge positive, I believe, personally. Um in that it's going to, I think, um, to provide a, a level of sustainability and a level of assurance to companies mm. that are being invested by them that they have an inflow, but essentially they have an, uh, an income and a support line um, to develop and to continue to produce and and take the next step in their in their um, uh, in their journeys, whether that being having the funding to create a new game, whether that being having the funding to create new technology or a new engine or improve engines that they have. Um, funding of the size of the likes of 38 billion is significant to the to the gaming sector, really significant. We're already talking at the moment about a purchase of 76 billion by Microsoft. Um, and we're talking about uh, essentially a, an investment of half of that into gaming in general. Um that yeah, it's, it's it's huge. That's essentially Embracer Group, um, and uh, Tencent, and uh, maybe one or two others combined. That is the level of investment that we're talking about here. That's all of these major, <laughs> these major publishers or publishing arms, um, all combined into one, and and that's the level of investment they're getting. I think it's 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 huge news to be honest, but it's also unsurprising to me. Absolutely yeah. unsurprising. Uh, they are up, P, PIF as 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 an investment fund um, is is massive, but they're also very much um, hyperactive in the in in every sector. Yeah, they are permanently looking for investment opportunities. Permanently, there is yeah. not one day that goes by that they're not looking at investing in something else. Yeah, um, so it yeah. doesn't surprise me in the least. I want to know from the community. I put up a poll in the chat uh, to the nearly 100 people that we have here live in, in our chat um, and, and that watch the show live. Uh, by the way, thank you so much for tuning in. You guys are absolutely awesome. And I see the chat is on fire. Um, I want to know from you. Um, do you think it's it's good for gamers and the gaming industry that that Saudi Arabia is actually uh, going, into, uh, uh, going to acquire a publisher? Um, I want to hear your thoughts because I'm a little torn, honestly. Um, I mean, we know Saudi Arabia, like you said, is investing for years now in all different industries. They are also heavily invested, by the way, in the semiconductor industry. Um, so, yeah, they're, they are branching out. Now, if it comes to us gamers, um, I'm really not sure how is Saudi Arabia going to treat a major publisher like with 13 billions, um, 
what are we talking here about? We, we could talk about Warner Brothers, the game division. We could talk about Square Enix. We could talk about something in in, in that size, yeah? Um, Put it this way. If when we're talking about Saudi Arabia or Qatar or any any of those oil regions, yes, spending a hundred million to them is a flash in the pan. And when you're talking about creating a triple A game with a publisher, and they're saying, "Oh, well, we need a hundred million for this next game as a, as our biggest triple A project," it's this is how to, to them Saudi Arabia and, and their investment is like, "All right, okay, right, yeah, no problem." Man, and that's exactly what what we have yet to see. Are they going to be that kind of uh, investor? Um, or are they more like a Tencent? You know, that, that they come in and they make everything like pay-to-play, free-to-play, uh, riddled with microtransactions. If, um, if I've seen, and I can only base it on the way that PAF, PIF have run a football club so far, so it's, it's conservative. But it's also um, forward thinking. It's not just spending for the sake of spending. They say, okay, what do you need to be successful? And that's what we'll get. So if 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 we doing if we kind of literally do like for like into a game studio and a game studio that they acquire is essentially saying, or a game publisher that they acquire, and they say, right, what do you need to be successful? Because that's that, that's what we're going to improve. Mm. Right. Well, we need to refine the engine we need to get more staff we need to um invest in in better audio equipment or whatever it is that they need to do to it. yeah yeah they will do they will literally just do it it'll, it'll not even be a question of price it'll just be just right get it done we'll we'll have these most state-of-the-art stuff um, that's essentially like what they're doing just for a football club now is a brand new state-of-the-art training ground, mm. looking at increasing the size of the stadium. They've already refurbished the entire stadium. They've already invested 250 million on players. That's not even doing the entire squad yet. They, they've already invested in, well, they've already moved kind of things like statues and things that are at the club that were hidden out of sight. They've taken on the women's team into the actual club. Like everything that they could have done to improve right now and invest is being done and if i do a and that's the way that pif run in every sector it's not a case of just spending because the qataris just love to spend whereas the saudis are a little bit of a little bit different like pif is an investment fund but done the right way it's it's strange to say it that way with with a with a, a, a nation like that and the way it's run PIF only invest in something if they know that they're yeah. going to to be successful and they want to win. And that's the thing. If if we see, and as soon as we see, which will happen, the Qataris get involved in game, the game space, which will yeah. happen because the Saudis are now involved. As soon as that happens, they will they literally want to win. The Saudis want to be better than the Qataris, and the Qataris want to be better than the Saudis. So that means they will repeatedly invest until it is it is mm. successful. They want success. So yeah, yeah, um, man. I I hope you you're right. Um, I want to bring up two points from from chat. Pantosur brings up uh, it's bad optics from a human rights perspective. 
I it didn't is. want to leave that unmentioned. Um, it is it is a controversial thing yeah. to discuss, absolutely. And the other thing comes in from Stuff John. He says, 3 for 3 relocates to Saudi and saves Halo confirmed. Uh, there we go. Um, from from We mentioned in the human rights perspective, for a brief moment on Saudi Arabia or, yeah. or Qatari or any of those, because they all have human rights issues, severe human rights issues that do need ironed out significantly. I've I've said this in a different respect, and you you have to highlight those issues whilst also um, realizing that there are some things that are well beyond um, reproach. Um, when the governments are are directly involved as major trade partners with these nations, those are the ones that need to be pushing for the human rights issues. Investments in firms that are all otherwise going to increase um, job opportunities in Europe or the rest of the world, um, whether it be local infrastructure, whether it be whatever it is, that level of investment for a studio of any kind or a publisher of any kind um, is, is not only hard to pass up, but you have to take it on the chin. You've got to say, right, we understand, like, we don't advocate for human rights issues we don't advocate for the problems that they have um but we also understand the level like the the benefits of this not just to us but potentially the community that surrounds us and everything that goes alongside that so you've got it you've got to recognize both sides you have to i think the problem is is when people are saying no you, you can't do it because they've got human rights issues if we went down that road and so you can't do something because of human rights, then you wouldn't have trade relationships with the UK because the UK have human rights issues. You wouldn't have trade relationships with the US because they have severe human rights issues. You would, <laughs> or China, or Japan. It's it's a knock-on effect. There is so many issues. You're muted. You're muted. Muted. You're muted. You're muted. You're mute. <laughs> muted. 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 Oh, get damn it. God <laughs> damn it. I was like, I, I, uh, I was surprised you couldn't hear us. I was like, you're muted. You're muted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I was so in the flow and, and in my zone. <laughs> And now I totally forgot what I was saying. Yeah, man, it's it's hard uh, with with these human rights on a global scale. Like it, it to do business on a on, yeah. on a global scale today in in, in this day and age, uh, is kind of hard because like a lot of countries in, in involved, starting from semiconductors, you can't buy clothes yeah. uh, if you, if you take it really to uh, to to the end of the supply chain, um, like anything. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's still something I wanted wanted to mention. Um, 
because um, it it is an issue. It is an issue. Well, yeah. 100%. But man, um, let's let's move on to to another topic. Um, we have so much to talk about uh, here today. Uh, it's like literally every week I start on Monday. I, starting to write down potential topics for Thursday and this week it was like Tuesday evening for me and I was like man we we don't have that many topics and then Wednesday Thursday stuff just came in um cyberpunk celebrated something 20 million copies sold um more gamers than ever played right now um on steam they had like uh, uh, one, uh, oh, oh, let me repeat it. Uh, on Steam, they had the record. Uh, they had more concurrent players on Steam on Cyberpunk than The Witcher ever had last week. Yeah. They also, uh, CD Projekt also says across all platforms, Cyberpunk is attracting right now 1 million players daily. And that's insane. And 20 co- million copies sold after a very rocky launch. They finally ironed the game out uh, where it was supposed to be at launch, honestly. Uh, but it's still a good game. At its core, I stand by this. Cyberpunk is, an, is a great experience. And I want to, I, I, well, I know your thoughts on this, but I want you to tell, of course, uh, this also to our audience. Uh, what do you make of this 20 million? milestone um i mean 20 million is, is a respectable number yeah 100 well, well you have to you have to think back to, to the launch as well to be fair we would have been well beyond 20 million but yeah they refunded a significant amount and it took that back down to original sales volume which was about 13 million so they've gained back 7 million customers essentially that they otherwise lost because of that launch um mm. so for them it's it's absolutely huge i said this before as well um, there is no other developer that has managed to capitalize on a release of a show the way that CDPR have. Um, with The Witcher, they released The Witcher series on Netflix, and then The Witcher went shoof, flying into the amount of people playing that game. Yeah, likewise, yeah. Edge Runners has just released its absolutely phenomenal anime on Netflix. I highly recommend it. It's a limited series. There will not be a second one, at least as far as I know. Of course, the, the way the story goes, you'll understand why phenomenal um they are nice and short episodes as well if you want to watch them in bite-sized mm-hmm. chunks like 20 minutes yep. long 25 minutes long um but because of that show and that success people just went out and got the game or went and started playing the game again and it has been literally day after day the numbers have got better and better and better and better and better and the the increase in numbers has significantly grown um and yes, it hasn't hit the all-time peak on Steam yet. Of course, all-time peak on Steam is a million in a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the the concurrent, um, essentially the reason they're celebrating it is it hasn't been in a better position since launch um, as it has now. It is now, to be fair, um, day after day, over the 100-odd thousand, 130-odd thousand mark, which is massive um and uh, as a million players they they're now getting a steady million players per day across all platforms yeah um which is huge for any to be fair for any game to get that level of consecutive players across all platforms is massive that's a lot of a lot of people playing that game at the same time and million players a day is is really massive and um i'm glad that the game is finally getting their recognition 
Um, they dropped these these updates uh, now at a good time also because um, the major releases we're we're still waiting for the major releases of this year and we haven't had major releases in a while so um, it, it it makes sense people have more or less time now to play such a backlog game and um, yeah it, it really runs very well I'm, I'm loving that they added the cross progression now with the 1.6 update um, which is awesome I can jump in between my PC and Xbox going back and forth and um, it, it's it's a lot of fun and I jump in on a regular basis as well um, I, I just love the world but man, I want to shout out Fanto, sir. He sends in a five pound super chat and uh, he uh, puts in a comment uh, on our last topic, actually. Um, he says, um, with my line of work, I think of it politically. But yes, from a business perspective, it makes total sense to support the devs. Yeah, man, um, it is, well, yeah, it is I mean, a controversial well, thing. From a different perspective, we absolutely mean box in our industries, we we've had the issues with Russia and things like that. So we know what happens to, to when you're having to deal with the fact that you have to yeah. get things out of certain areas. Um, and we, and I know from big end, big end top companies can afford to pull away from these things because they're just like, Oh yeah, we will, won't, we won't do it. But smaller end consumers cannot, and they won't but yeah. like, as far as I'm concerned, as long as my bottom line's okay, I don't care. Like I need to stay afloat. I need to support my my colleagues and my mm. employees, um, and that's that's what they'll be thinking of first and foremost. What can I do to make sure my employees are looked after? And if that investment yeah. opportunity comes, they'll take it. Absolutely. Yeah. Good point, man. Um, yeah, Fanto. But I I absolutely understand it, and I I, I totally respect that opinion. It's it's. I, I am I 100% understand it 100% yeah. and sometimes uh, we, we can't separate political and, and business and we have to make a judgment call um, based on our ethics and uh, I absolutely respect that man absolutely I, I also by the way forgot to close the poll in chat um, because I asked do you think uh, Saudi Arabia buying a publisher is good for gamers and the industry 24% said why not uh, 27% said I'm scared and 49% said, I have no idea. And I think I'm in, in those 49%. Uh, I have actually no idea how this will turn out. We shall see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk. Good stuff. But man, we are almost closing in at the two-hour mark. And we have a couple of really, really good... Um, um community questions and that's why i want to move over to the community questions of the week all right for those that are new to the program we have at the end of every show the section that we call the community questions each and every wednesday you can write in on YouTube, on um, Twitter, on... Actually, people send me questions on Xbox Live now, which is also possible. Also, you can find me on PlayStation Network, wherever you want. Just send in questions, because sometimes you guys can't make it live um, to the show, and you still want to be part of this. Um, 
like the the amazing community that we have here i always say the world of gaming is a podcast from and with the community and the show wouldn't be the same without you guys so i always want to give you the guys the chance to just put in a topic put in a question that we try to answer here and this week's first question comes in from emblix um he says ea and koei tecmo announced their monster hunter Uh, like game Wild Hearts for February, which was already loaded with games like Dead Island, Hogwarts Legacy, Like a Dragon, um, Destiny Lightfall, and Octopath Traveler 2, among other things. March is starting to fill up as well, yet we still have no word where Redfall, Starfield, and Forza Motorsport will launch. Is the window closing on Microsoft to get those three games launched by next June? Should they just stop promising dates and time frames completely at this point? I I, this I was a if, really good question. Yeah, I, th I think if it was only going on sale, it would be more of a concern. But I think because Microsoft know their titles go into Game Pass, where a consumer doesn't have to think about picking up the game, they yeah. can just play the game. Um, it's one less worry for them, really, because they know if somebody isn't going to go out and buy the game, they they'll more than likely play it on Game Pass, which yeah. to them, it makes no difference. It really doesn't make a difference. They're still getting people playing the game, which is essentially all they want. Um, so I don't think the time frame thing or when it releases to Microsoft is an issue with Game Pass being a thing. If, if Game Pass wasn't a thing, absolutely they'd be having concerns as to, God, hmm. there's a lot of games right now. <laughs> Like I think every every publisher yeah. has this issue um, right now, and I I totally get the that um, even uh, especially when you have like bangers like uh, Hogwarts and uh, Dead Island lo launching close to you. Um, Wolong is also at the very end of January, but yeah, it's uh, in that same window. Um, yeah, I think we touched upon this a little bit earlier also because. The difference then really becomes, so you have like money for one game and you have only time to play, let's say two <laughs> um, major games a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a, I don't know, a Hogwarts Legacy, it will definitely keep me busy for two weeks. And a Redfall or a Starfield, a Starfield will be a lot more than two weeks uh, of, of game time for me. So at the end, They're gonna fight for time and money, and with having and 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 Game Pass just gives you both. It gives you the chance to just play the game without having to invest in it. And I, th I feel rather different that games like an Octopath Traveler or Destiny Lightfall, where you and even a Dead Island 2, if if like a Dead Island launches, let's say at the same day, uh, like a Starfield, you know where gamers will gravitate towards um so yeah it is a is a good question um i think the second part of his question is is even better because like are we actually gonna think that all these games that they have announced for the first half of 2022 are gonna drop in the first half we've already heard from forza motorsport and uh, then greenwald uh, um, spoke about this he said Well, Forza isn't entering the Polish phase until 2023. And usually the Polish phase is six to 12 months in game development, depending, of course, on the game. 
So, um, obviously, if if that's the case, if they need like six months or so for uh, six months plus for for polishing, they will automatically drop out of that promised window of the first half of 2022. Um, so, so what what do you think? Um, are they gonna hit that first half with with those? promised and announced games i think the um i think at this stage the only one that might not hit is forza but i think redfall and starfield will i think redfall is a given because i i feel like everything we've seen so far from redfall looks really really good uh at least in terms of of like obviously everything is taste but i what i meant is obviously technical quality it it, it looks like kind of far along in development and it was originally scheduled as as a summer release this year, so um, it should be far as uh, the, the far the, the the game that is the furthest along in development. I, I I would say with Starfield and the scope of Starfield, I don't know actually where they stand um, in in development. I really don't. Um, but you're right. With everything we've heard so far from Forza, it, it's the most likely candidate. Um, yeah. I could also see, of course, Stalker two drop out of the first half into into the second half of of next year. Yeah. Um, who knows whether Wolong will keep their target release window? Um, yeah. So we shall see. Um, but I think uh, we will also see delays um, in 2023. Yeah. So no doubt. Um, wh- why would the delays just stop uh, now? Um, we've I don't just think seen it be, this... I don't think it'll be as grand. Um, I think we'll see kind of several month delays as opposed to a year long yeah. delay. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. Mainly it'll be just for scheduling. Um, some of these scheduling parts... and maybe really that final touch. Yeah. But stuff like like a skull and bones is now oh. moved into March. Yeah, you you know that this That's is gonna get. <laughs> yeah, but nobody you know, will notice. It's it's gonna come out, but it but nobody will talk about it yeah, because we're all busy playing all these other games. Um, yeah. So, and I really I truly feel like Xbox has a couple of true juggernauts in in the pipeline for twenty three. Yeah. So I feel like more the other games are gonna be scared about. Oh, when is is Microsoft gonna bring out a Starfield, and then we gotta move out of uh, out of that way, yeah. um, and it, it won't be vice versa. Um, Starfield is not gonna move away from a Dying Light two or uh, uh, that, that Island two or something like that. I I don't think so. Um, so, but but great question, man. Emblix, shout out to you. Great question. Um, Fanto, sir, <laughs> interesting one. Um, with the announcement of Wolverine being in the next Deadpool movie and the yeah. fact that this IP is uh, now owned by Sony, do we think there's a chance that uh, the Insomniac Wolverine game will get a release on Xbox and PC at any point, timed or otherwise? If no, could that change in the future? So PC... No, doubt. no, because it's really stood by Insomniac. It's a first-party studio. Yeah, exactly. Um, and on PC, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, agree. Um, uh, Xbox, not going to happen. It's they yeah. own the, that studio. Um, 
It does yeah. not say that in the future that Xbox can't create a Wolverine IP of their own because, of course, they don't own the Wolverine, the Wolverine IP. Um, yeah. Just the, Although just we the never know with Sony it. these days, we've seen some weird, weird paragraphs yeah. in their contracts. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. even them, if they might not own the IP... Um, yeah. uh, and even then, the Spider-Man one's a weird one. The, the history around the Spider-Man yes. rights and things is so in depth at, at, at any point it could be disney have majority ownership it, it could be that so when you have majority ownership the kind of legal battles have been going on for years around that <laughs> um mm. so we'll, you'll never see like officially a, a new spider-man ip be created on xbox but wolverine's always a possibility but you'll not see insomniac's wolverine on xbox no i agree i agree Dave Ramos writes in, he says, on any platform, what game from holiday 2022 through the entire year of 2023 do you think will be A, a technical masterpiece, and B, which game will be a showcase of storytelling? Hmm... So let me put my storytelling game. I want to give this also, by the way, to the chat. I want to hear you, your guys' thoughts. Yeah, Which yeah. game um, in 2022 or 2023 is going to be that true technical masterpiece and which one is going to excel in storytelling? So in storytelling, I have a candidate that comes out in a couple of weeks, actually, and that is um, A Plague Tale Requiem. I agree. Uh, if you have played the first one, really, the way how they presented the story, the way how they transferred the emotions in the story, and the, the super, true surprise mo moments where they just turned stuff around, and it it was amazing. It was truly amazing, and I have no doubt that they're going to excel with the second one. So I I want to put in a Black Hill Requiem for the story one. Yeah. I agree. I, I'll 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 also match that. I think a plague tale will get will get that for story. 100. Mm. Um, so, and then we have like Smokey saying in chat, Hellblade two both for both categories. I so, would say Hellblade two for technical. Possibly. Absolutely. Um, the thing is, is it going to come out in 23? That's why I say possibly. That's if it comes the thing. out in 23, absolutely. <laughs> yes. If it, no doubt. Um, I said it in my last video. Um, I tried to explain a little bit about some of the tech that, that is used from, from Ninja Theory uh, in my last video. So if you haven't checked it out, um, some interesting stuff uh, that we learned over the last days. Uh, a lot of people missed it. Uh, technically, no doubt. I also have no doubt that they're going to move the storytelling to the next level. Um, no doubt. Uh First one was great. The second one will be even better. But from a technical perspective, I think this is this is going to be an absolute showcase. But I'm not sure if it's going to come out in 2023. Um, I, mean, I, I am all fingers, toes, and hairs crossed that it does. Of course, it's one of my most anticipated games, full stop. But again, we'll wait and see. I, I know the, the, the team are, are absolutely working hard and doing their best at it. Um, there was only just the other day, actually, a video of the guys um, getting back in to do binaural audio 
um, which mm. is of course the 3D audio and, and going into the studio yep. and, and doing the lines and things for that again. That's what um, actually was one of the main parts of the video I did yeah. yesterday. And it was, um, so it's they're they're working hard on it, and no, and obviously what one thing they've said and, and said all along is they'll they will release it as and when it's ready, um, and not before and not after. And of course, you've seen that with Hellblade, the first one, like even on such a little budget, the amount of work that they did yeah. in the craftsmanship that they have was phenomenal. And Absolutely. now you've got what is essentially unlimited Microsoft money for them in comparison to what they had previously. They've got a brand new studio, state-of-the-art equipment now. Um, they've got the world the world as their oyster, essentially, to create the best game they've ever made. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely going to be... It, it's one of the gems on the Microsoft crown, in my opinion, anyway. Ninja Theory, yeah. I think, uh, phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. I also want to mention um, Doom Reaper. He says the tech masterpiece are the helicopters in Flight Sim. And um, I mean, Flight Sim is a technical masterpiece as well, mind. Yeah. But that, and and Moham, or, or, or I don't know how to pronounce his name properly. I'm sorry. But uh, he says Forza for technical, and that would actually be my choice as well. I feel like the Forza tech engine is has always been a showcase yeah, oh, yeah. i mean absolutely absolutely um and uh but this time they're really doing something great and and i mean two things and obviously one is graphics it, it looks gorgeous we've seen it um we, we see actually ray tracing in in game at 60 fps i feel like um remember when when this generation started and i said at the moment, ray tracing is super expensive, and that's because it's niche. Yeah. And what I meant by that was like ray tracing existed uh, obviously in the PC space for a long time, but how many gamers actually had the RTX cards? Yeah. Who, how many gamers actually had chance to turn ray tracing on? So it wasn't like uh, a lot. Yeah, a few percent of, of 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 people worldwide were actually able to do that. So, um. Developers really didn't have like time and budget to develop proper ray tracing algorithms. And that's like, it's normal with every technology. And what happened when the consoles launched and, and um, RTX uh, um, or ray tracing, so, uh, hardware accelerated ray tracing was uh, be suddenly became a mass product for the co masses, for the consumers. Um, this changed. And Forza is one of the, this ex these examples where like, Developers got the time and money and and uh, to actually invest in the technology, and now we see it uh, in action, and it runs at 60 FPS with ray tracing, which is awesome, man. It's it's awesome yeah. to see that. So we have like this graphics technical aspect, but what then what even got me more excited is, and as much as I love shiny graphics as the next guy, uh, and people know I I'm a tech enthusiast, but what excites me even more is when developers invest in better simulation, physics, particle effects, stuff like that. And I, I love graphics, but what really excels gameplay to the next level is, in my opinion, if you have like, for instance, better physics simulation, where you actually can feel, okay, my character, my car in this case, actually interacts with the world. Like when I crash against something, it I see that it... it deforms my car real on, in a realistic way 
yeah when i walk with my character through i don't know a dense forest and i see, i feel like the leaves are bending around my character in a proper way this is is kind of the, the next immer next level of immersion and i've said it so many times i really hope that this gen um, we not just see an improvement in graphics. I want to. I want the developers to use like the new CPUs, which is still, in my opinion, the biggest step and or biggest jump we made from last gen to this gen is the the extra CPU performance that they use that not just for uh, things to push a, a few more frames and a few more uh, pixel, uh, a, a few more rays in ray tracing and stuff like that. I want them to use that power to have a better AI for, for our NPCs, to have better physics simulation and stuff. And I have the feeling that Forza, the Forza engine invested in that. The things that they have shown off, like the improved tire interactions, they have, yeah, like um, I think they increased the, the tire road interaction by a factor of 40 something. Um, it's like they have a hundred uh, tire interactions per per turnaround of, of of your wheel, like that allows them to simulate the car physics in a way different uh, manner than they did in the last games. Yeah, they have like I already mentioned crash uh, physics. They have particle physics from the debris of your tire up until to to um, like particle effects when when we when you're in an accident or stuff. It's all that that excels gameplay to me and. So I have the feeling Forza, um, even though I'm not the biggest sim racer fan, yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm more like a Forza Horizon fan. Um, but from a technical perspective, I have the feeling Forza Motorsport is, is going to be this technical showpiece that you want when you bring your friends home and you want to show them what next gen looks like. You you put it on this game. So yeah, yeah, um, good. Good stuff. What does the chat have to say here? Um, so there we go. We have gears. Yes, <laughs> only gonna get, but yeah, gears is not gonna come out uh, next year. Nope. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's it's an interesting question. Um, um, but I yeah, they're, they're, we we just don't know about the second half of of twenty twenty three. That's the thing, you know. Um, and we still don't know what Sony are doing next year. Exactly, exactly. Like if Star, if if Spider-Man Two hits next year, I think that's also a good candidate because Insomniac's engine is also, it's it's amazing, and they wizards, they are wizards. All right, last question of the day comes in from Sith Lord. He writes in and said, if Sony played nice, I'm sure Microsoft might have talked about uh, a 60-40 revenue for Call of Duty, but wouldn't, yeah, but he wouldn't be surprised if it's now a 70-30 or even a 80-20 uh, uh, deal after ABK gets approved. What are our thoughts? So... If it's okay, Dutch, I'm, I'm going to take this one first. Um, obviously, I have no idea, but there are general rates how much of a cut a, uh, a platform holder gets when when someone publishes a game. The different uh, percentages for regular publishers and the, the indie developers that are published under the ID at Xbox label, uh, uh, for instance, but 
in general, um, we are talking about a fixed percentage, and I, I have I don't think that this is is up for negotiation um, per se. Not to say that obviously there will be special deals in between publishers and and, and platform holders uh, for certain things, but um, I don't think that that Xbox is gonna t uh, play with 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 that around um, when they leverage. They they will bring other stuff to the table like releases even because they they kind of will have to promise at, at some point certain at least for a certain time um, uh, uh, that call of duty will be a multiplat so what they will bring to the table to negotiate uh, things is like okay you can have call of duty still released on your platform but what about our other games uh, like a diablo 5 uh, and a overwatch 3 and and whatever ips they are gonna come out with so I think that's more the way how they these negotiations go. But who am I to know, Dutch? What do you think? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think uh, that I think Xbox. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think Xbox truly care about Call of Duty. Not in the same way that a lot of people think they do. Um, yes, they know it's a lot of money. They know they'll make a lot of money from it, but it, uh, it isn't this. It isn't the reason they purchased ActiBliz. Um, as much as people assume, it is one of the reasons. It, yeah, of course, it factors into it, but it's 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 not one of the main points. Um, Cloud Tech and King was was the main reason for purchasing ActiBlizz. Um, the other reasons, of course, some of the the engines you get with ActiBlizz again, um, and then then of course, one of the latter points is is the IP. Um, but it's it's not ranked up as one of the top reasons that they purchased them in the first place. So I think once it goes complete. The whole Call of Duty debate is going to be, uh, I think it's just because, again, I think it boils down to Sony being scared with losing the rights um, to, to advertise that game as, uh, and create bundles and things like that that are solely Call of Duty. Um, I think that is the main scare that they're going to have is, the, is they know that once Call of Duty is no longer an advertisement tool for them, they're going to lose revenue on that sex uh, on that section, even though the game is still going to be multi-plat, still going to be everywhere, because they won't be able to advertise it in the future. They will. They think they're going to lose money, but as but for their actual casual gamers, which is the night like I would say eighty-five to ninety percent of the overall market is casual. Um, they're never going to shift platform for Call of Duty, they're just going to be like, no, I'll just play it on PlayStation. I'm not going to move over to Xbox because they own them now. Like, this is still where I prefer to play my game. And the vast majority of PlayStation gamers will never move because that's they've played on PlayStation since the dawn of time. It's the hardcore section of, of people will go, no, I want to go over to there now because they, they might get this first or they might get like exclusive Xbox content because they own Call of Duty now or it's going to perform better over here. Like the vast majority of casuals don't care if it performs five frames better. And, and I was like, I'm not sure about this Dutch, but because like the value proposition is just there. And, and I feel like, uh, well, especially the proposition there, but for the vast majority of casuals, they're not going to, like if they already own a PlayStation Five or a PlayStation Four, the games. Yeah, already for those, they are not going to go out and sell yeah. them, and then. But the yeah. ones that are 
if you walk into the stall, you, let's say as a brand you, new proposition, of course that's different. I'm yeah, I'm I'm more talking yeah, but, about the historic. Yeah, that obviously there are yeah. these there are people that are simply attached they buy that uh, system because they know what they're getting with it um no yeah. doubt they, yeah. you have those but i think um you've seen that as well let's say for instance in the smartphone market where like you had apple with the iphone and 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 they thought hey people are never going to switch over to android but they some did and and the value pro and the market shifted drastically yeah um there where and I feel like the same can happen there because the value proposition is just there. If let's say you're still on the PS4 today, yeah, it's still hard to get the PS5. We have we know something around 20 million or 18 million something in in that range have 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 moved over to PS5s. So, but a lot of the this market is the is the hardcore market. Yeah, I feel like the hardcore gamers are obviously the first ones to transition over to next gen. It's not the casuals that stand for five hours in line on day one to get yeah. the new PS5. So um we we are getting now into this phase after two years, like every hardcore gamer has the PS5 now, uh wants it obviously, but uh, and then uh, and same goes, by the way, for Xbox. Yeah, so that the hardcore market is now saturated, and now we're getting into the the sales of the in the in the casual market, and and, and the casuals come in next year uh, at around Black Friday, and they see this you, little oh, white oh, Xbox sitting there with Call of Duty uh, on uh, on top, and 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 it, you can buy it by then, let's say for two fifty, yeah, something around that, and you have that. And, and you see, like, okay, Call of Duty is printed on the box, and then you read upon, okay, uh, okay, I only have to pay 15 bucks a month, and I can play Call of Duty and 500 other games. Listen, I, I, I see at a point where this is the point where t- casuals transition over. The, not all of them, not all of them, because some are not gonna inform themselves. Um, what is this Xbox? Never heard of it. I only know PlayStation. You will have those as well. But I, th- I feel like it, there's a significant amount of people um, that are informing themselves enough to know by them, okay, what is this Xbox that is now the home of Call of Duty? What is it? And and so I... And, and Sony knows that. Sony knows that because it's not just that. It's not just Call of Duty, but Call of Duty could be that tip of the iceberg that where, where people really say, okay, now I'm I'm gonna try give this Xbox a try. I've heard of this. I've I know what Xbox is because I I know a lot of people that really are not familiar with the brand. Like because there's literally no marketing existing for Xbox here in Germany, nothing at all. I had this epiphany. I don't know whether I've told you this story, Dutch. When I I started a new job in July and. And in my first week or my second week, I was sitting at, at, at lunch with my boss and a few colleagues. And, uh, and, and my boss and I, we started, my new boss and I, we started to talk. And so what you do in your private time? And I, I'm a gamer. I, I love, oh, me too. So what you play on? And he said, well, I play on PC and PlayStation. And then my colleagues all, oh, cool, PlayStation. Okay. And what you play on? I said, I have also PlayStation, but I play mainly on Xbox. And literally, like three people on the table uh, turned around and asked, "What is an Xbox?" It is so, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but when you walk in a store and you see Call of Duty printed on a weird box, you gotta take a look. You Google, oh, that's an Xbox. Um, I feel like this is can be a, 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 a the point in time where you have like um, people coming over because Starfield is also gonna be uh, gonna make waves. This is the game that that will be announced. Oh, that's the new Skyrim. That's that, that's a new game from the guys that made Skyrim, and Skyrim yeah. is big enough that casuals know it and play it. Yeah, and and you have that as well there. Um, and then you come in with a Diablo, and where you have like maybe PC guys. Yeah. Oh, I can play now Diablo on on that two hundred fifty bucks uh, in fourteen forty p. Ah, okay. Yeah, you have like all these options then, and I feel Call of Duty is it, Sony is is gonna notice. They no, are gonna they, notice. They will, they will notice, but I don't think Xbox will do anything to detriment them other than put it on Game Pass. Um, I just don't. Again, Xbox have said this many times. Like it makes no financial sense for them to remove it or get rid of it off PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, and I also don't think, even from a, a percentage perspective, like I think Microsoft will be perfectly happy with a 70-30 split mm-hmm. that's already there. Um, I don't think they'll do anything to rock that boat. Um, yeah, I think the Game Pass thing is the issue. Um Obviously, Xbox could work around it and say, well, listen, you can have Game Pass on, on PlayStation, but you don't want it. Um, and we know why you don't want it, because that takes money out of your pocket. Uh, if it goes on Game Pass, it means you can't then sell it, yep. which makes sense. So if that is the case, then then come up with a deal to put it on PlayStation Plus. Then say, okay, yeah. well, if you're not going to put it on Game Pass, but we want to give value to consumers... Then let's work out a deal to put it on PlayStation Plus. That's an inter- that's an interesting thought. I haven't thought about this, but it, it makes sense. It would also the combination the, like the, the money you, continues to come in for them in terms of microtransactions, etc. And you still have the player base. That's yeah, exactly. And you still have the player base. And and one additional thing is is also like Microsoft will heavily heavily support cross play. Yeah. So that friend argument, I get a PlayStation because my friend is playing Call of Duty on on PlayStation. I want to play with him. You don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I, I, I agree. Man, where that happens, where they say, "Okay, fine, yeah. let's make a deal for PlayStation Plus." Then, yeah, like we we want this much, and you can have it in PlayStation Plus same day as, as Game Pass, same day, same Everyone day, same content. It. Everybody yeah. wins. You still get your cut, but it gets access to more gamers because as far as Microsoft are concerned, we're going to now get a 70% split of that microtransaction revenue of all the gamers you're getting. So mm. we're still financially much better off anyway. Yeah, You're better off because your gamers are happy. You keep, you're keeping your gamers. Call of Duty is still there. Everybody wins. We all get a day one. We don't even there have you go. to buy the game day one. You don't have to be concerned whether or not people are buying that game day one because it's not going in your pocket. <laughs> True. You're not losing out that money. I think I think that's a, that's, that could work. that's a scenario Microsoft could very well explore. Absolutely. Absolutely. It could even be part of the bargaining chip for, for, for getting this through. And a cherry on top is it would like 
un, 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 unreal the hypocr hypocrisy uh, of yeah. that statement day one is bad for games yeah oh, so, it will yeah no good stuff man good I stuff think, i personally think they'd snap the hands off if microsoft came to them and said okay playstation plus and xbox game pass day one Sony be like, oh, whoa, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 man, that would be a a fire move. It, it's it's like that then, would put Sony really in a in a, in a tough position. Yeah, mm. I agree. I agree. The only, then then the only difference would be marketing rights. That would literally be the only thing. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. It, <laughs> true true all right man um yeah, great discussion I'm going, I'm going over to speak to the uh, cma i'll be <laughs> there you go there the you problem. go right all right all right um listen dutch uh, it has been an amazing show we had jess corden here in the first hour um yes we we're gonna get him back for for a full episode but a uh, big shout out to him for coming on the show to to discuss with us the rumors about the Halo Battle Royale mode and uh, the potential move to to a new engine. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jess, uh, thanks, man. It was really on short notice. I was actually literally just asking him about, um, dude, is it okay if I, I talk about the your your conversations on on the podcast? And he was like. Man, even better! I come on. Uh, it's like um, awesome. Ooh. Shout out to him. Shout out to also the 100 plus people that watch this show here live today with us. Um, you guys are absolutely amazing. Um, we always have a blast because of you. Uh, literally, you drive the show. I also want to say a big thank you for all the super chats. A big thank you to channel members. Um, your support helps so much and uh, truly appreciate it. Um, and we're gonna gonna give a little back uh, here again to the community very soon. We're gonna do a couple of giveaways. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. Other than that, Dutch, where can people find you and what 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 you're working on, man? Oh God, yeah. So we're we're all working on quite a lot actually to try and figure out mm. other ways of connecting with people and and getting content out of people. Um, so now, as much like you have, we've dived into the world of shorts and TikToks, um, mm. short short form content which has given you bite sized news updates, um, gameplay clips, funny moments, things like that, and whether it be from shows or gameplay live streams or anything. Um, It's going to be that in, in very short form. It's like minute bite-sized content. Um, just going on to TikTok now, but essentially it'll, the, the stuff on TikTok will be the stuff you get on YouTube shorts. So that's kind of, if you don't want to follow us on TikTok, don't worry about it. That's more a different avenue of people to find us. Um, but yes, so now we've got YouTube shorts. Of course, you can find me everywhere at Wondering Dutch um, on Twitter, um, on YouTube, Um And uh, and of course we have the midweek mix up on Wednesdays, on Tuesdays, save Tuesdays, and on Sundays the weekend edition. Um, other than that, of course, some ad hoc gaming play, live play streams <laughs> that we do just sometimes. on the fly. Sometimes, absolutely. But uh, and if yeah. you guys want to, don't want to miss that out. Uh, as always, you can find uh, the links. Um, 
to to wandering Dutch's channel all in the description of this show. Um, that makes it very easy for you to navigate over if you haven't subscribed already. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, I also started to upload a few shorts here on YouTube. Um, just trying a couple of things out there. Sometimes you have like these topics where you don't feel it's it's worth making an entire video about it, like a 10 hour, a 10 minute video. You know, one of my edited videos takes me like six hours or so to make five to six hours. And sometimes you don't feel like every topic is worth that amount of effort, but you still want to put out content and you want to put out a conversation, especially for me, it's always about the conversation with, with, with the community. Um, so I always try to answer each and every comment uh, under my videos and uh, sometimes I miss one or two, of course, but uh, it's not intentionally, definitely not. So uh, yeah, that's why I also try out a little bit of the short form content. Um, I put the same stuff on, on, on other channels as well, by the way, the short form uh, shorts on, on YouTube and TikTok and uh, so on. So wherever you want to follow, uh, I'd appreciate that. But other than that, man, we have a couple of awesome stuff lined up for this show here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, we have actually a very well, yeah, a very big developer coming on. Um we haven't uh, we have the, the the date already nailed down it will be a special episode on a wednesday it will be 45 minutes long um it's the biggest interview we've ever done here on this show uh, by, by a long shot and um it's uh we 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 can't uh, announce it yet we have to wait for the pr uh, department to, to get the approval but the, it's they confirmed it's safe on Wednesday, the 19th, um, infos will follow shortly, of course, as soon as, as the PR department greenlights everything. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, other than that, we have a couple of fantastic sh uh, guests lined up for the, for the regular podcasts each and every Thursday um, here. So, yeah, guys, again, thank you so much. Dutch, thank you so much. I always have a blast with you on this show. Um, Again, thanks so much for the super chats and the support. And I, guys, I see you guys definitely next week. If you see me on Xbox, just hit me up. Maybe we can play some games. And don't forget to game on. <laughs>